Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. You are in the spotlight with Brian Garner for this Tuesday, February the 24th, 2015. Good to have you all here for our first of two shows this week. It's a big week for our show as the In the Spotlight Film Awards, the fifth annual In the Spotlight Film Awards, will be taking place this coming Thursday, broadcasting live here on TalkShoe at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Obviously, one of our biggest shows of the year, if not the biggest. It's a huge, huge show. Uh, currently, our committee of vote counters, our panel is currently um, still counting the ballots and checking everything and validating everything. They'll be doing that probably right up until the ceremony on Thursday night. Um, as always, as I've done throughout this process, and as I'll probably do a, a lot on Thursday, I want to thank all of those that have participated in the process, I want to thank everybody for their cooperation, their help. It's been great. Um, and you know how, you know, those of you that have listened to us over the years, you know what the drill will be on Friday. We'll start the show off um, by announcing the nominees for the live voted awards. Um, and then, as I said, the new, the new edition this year is that if any of those respective nominees are winning by a large margin, I will let you know which ones those are um, so that we can try to balance things out a little bit. But the last thing I do, I mean, we, we have a system that we use for all the, the rest of the, the, the awards on the ballot that kind of balances out and makes sure that, you know, you can't, you know, spam the ballot box, make sure that you can't block vote or, you know, fan bases don't push their agenda. We try to avoid fan base things. We try to make it as balanced as possible where you can't stuff the ballot box, so to speak. That's why we use the system we use for the actual awards. But for the live voting awards, obviously that is st- we don't have a system. We just let people, you know, email their choices in or vote on Facebook or Twitter. And obviously that means that, um, the ballot box can be stuffed for those particular awards. So I'm thinking by doing um, doing this this way and announcing at the top of the show if any particular nominees are winning by a large margin, that will allow us to balance the playing field out a little bit. A lot of you have already said you like that addition, so I'm, I'm thinking it's going to help quite a bit. So um, we will do that at the top of the show on Thursday, at the top of the broadcast on Thursday. I will give you the live vote nominees, tell you um, – if any are out by out, winning by a large margin, and then I will open up the voting for the live vote of the awards, and then we will announce the winner of the the winners of the live vote of the awards right before the biggest award of the night, best picture. Um, and of course, we'll, we'll announce the winners of the In the Spotlight Film Awards throughout that night, and react, give our reactions and all that good stuff on. Thursday night, the fifth annual In the Spotlight Film Awards. We hope you will tune in for that. One, uh, pretty much, 
And like I said, if not our biggest show of the year, one of the biggest, uh, along with the TV awards, which come up in September, and it's just a huge event, and it's, just, it's an event that is dear to my heart. It's the event that kind of got our show on the map and helped us out and really got a lot of our audience that we currently have invested. So we are really excited about that event on Thursday. We have a jam-packed show tonight as a result of having to dedicate the entire show on Thursday to the Film Awards. Um, before we get going, as always, I want to remind you all of the ways in which you can interact and contribute to our show. You can do so by email at itspotlightbg at gmail.com. Again, it's itspotlightbg at gmail.com. As we always ask, please put in the subject line of your email some idea of what that email is about, if it's a reaction to some, something somebody said on the show, feedback, something for the film awards. Um, let's give us some idea if you can. We appreciate it. Remember, that is my email as well as the show's. You can also follow us and tweet us at ITSpotlightBG. Again, that's at ITSpotlightBG. That's my Twitter handle as well as the show's. And please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag ITSpotlight. Again, it's hashtag ITSpotlight for anything you tweet regarding our show. To find our fan page on Facebook, search for us with our full show title in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our page, like our page, and then go ahead and post whatever it is you like to post, Facebook, Twitter, or email. Regardless of where you post or send, whatever it is you post or send to us, we will see it. I can assure you, myself or Jeff Tech, we're always taking turns looking at what is posted and sent. So if you post or send it, I assure you we will see it. Just don't always assume if we don't reply back or don't mention or use whatever it is you sent on the show. Um, don't always assume that means we didn't see anything. We did. It's just we can't possibly reply back or acknowledge or use everything that's sent in. So just be aware of that. Um, before I mention how we're going to work things tonight and what's on the agenda tonight, among other things, let me put my co-host on here so he doesn't have to wait too long. Mike, you are in the spotlight. I have a super cool and clever way of coming on the show tonight. But okay. I completely forgot it because <laughs> I had um, a milkshake today. Oh, and I am paying for it now. Oh, um, <laughs> However, if your dog is acting up, I will fart in his face. He he will he will folks he has done that. I when when your dog does act up. I, I don't mind just ripping one in his face. His oh. little doggy muzzle. <laughs> dogs smell things more sensitively uh, right. than humans do. It's true. Right. And your dog acts like a little ass sometimes. Which is impressive because it's not little anymore. So sometimes no. sometimes it's going to get a whiff full of that dairy fart. Which <laughs> smells like Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I didn't even fart. I, I I farted last night close to your dog's face, and it wouldn't go near me after that. So, uh, I'm doing something you right. I'm you, doing you, something. You, you found the secret. You found the secret. Well, then maybe you should fart in its face once in a while. Yeah, that you you, you smile. Doggy, you're yeah. not doing so good. Oh, hold on, I had some dairy today. <laughs> All right, are you waiting for this? Are you waiting for this, doggy? You like to feel bad. Don't need the trouble. All right. <laughs> wow. Anybody that's never anybody that's never tuned in to us, tuning in right now, is going to wonder what the hell is going on right now. <laughs> uh, uh, 
See, see, now that that would have been a good opportunity if we had like sound sound effects to use the sound effect right there. That would have been pretty cool. Um, maybe oh maybe we should use sound effects. We should. Well, that that's that's always been. I I wanted to use sound effects since day one. We just can't figure out a way to use it. We, uh, we, because we, we need a more professional setup than this. Uh, well, yeah, we well no. So well, well, well <laughs> yeah, we do. Say. We do. We do need a more professional setup. And when we get that more professional setup, I can accomplish my dream of having in this spotlight with Brian Gardner. That's me, Brian Gardner. Uh, you know, hosted by me, Brian Gardner, mm-hmm. at the greatest, most happiest place on earth. Oh, Jesus. The New York State Fail. Oh, yes. Yes. The smell, the sound, the sights, my Carrie Underwood blasting in the background, <laughs> it would be the most orgasmic experience of my entire life. Um, it is it by way of Brian Gardner with your host, Brian Gardner. Okay, let's, let's, let's dig ourselves out of this random hole that we're in right now. Tangent. <laughs> right now, and, yeah, I know, I know. Um, I want to, Jeff Tech, hold your horses, because there's something else I want to mention, too. Um, you know, because we don't do random talk that much, so stop. Um, I, I posted this on my Facebook page, and, and, and Mike, you know, Chris did this, posted this, too. I came across this completely by accident today. You know how, you know how every once in a while, either, um, you know, you see some random filmmaker, maybe that's not a huge name, or even somebody that's not even a filmmaker, they might just be somebody that's, you know, they they might be really good at, you know, making videos on YouTube or something. Well, I'm I'm blanking on the filmmaker's name, but I I did post, I should post on in the Spotlight uh, Facebook page, maybe I'll do that after the show night. I came across this video, um of a small, it's this very short film uh, of Power Rangers. It's like a Power Rangers reboot. Now, you know that they actually are doing a Power Rangers reboot uh, in film form. And James Vanderbeek is stars in it. Stars in it. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking, and, and all I saw, I, I read this article describing it, and it said it's extremely violent, it's extremely dark. And I'm like, okay, this is, you know, and I looked, and, and what, what drew me to the video was I saw the graphic, and it looked, the, the quality of the film looked amazing. I was like, okay, let me take the time and watch it. It was a 12-minute video. I have to say, if you haven't seen this yet, all right, and, and, and the, the, the filmmaker had made a post saying it's not for profit, it's not going to lead to anything, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I wish it would because it was absolutely brilliant. There was a lot of references to the original show. They took it and made it this very serious, very sci-fi, high-tech kind of thing. I was completely amazed by what they did with it. And I said, boy, you, if you wanted to make a film out of this or even a TV show out of this, this is, this is terrific. Like, completely just engrossing and intense and just, I'm, I'm, I, I was if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. It's really, really good. Um and I mean, yeah, could it I mean, did it was it a little too violent? it was like a, a, it was like Mortal Kombat combined uh kind of like Mortal Kombat. 
in a way. Um, I mean, they, it, was it a little gratuitous at times? Yeah, but I'm telling you, this it was just I, I really enjoyed it. So if you don't get if you get a chance, check it out. It was really I was stunned by how good it was. Um, so that's my little random moment. Uh, before I get into our plot, our plot out, plot out, plot out, wow. Before I plot out what we're going to do for tonight, allow me to introduce the third member of our team who I'm happy to say is now a father and a husband. Um, Jeff Tech has, well, well, I'll explain in a moment. Everybody say hi to the new, the newly married and new father, Jeff Tech. Who, of course, is our technical guru. If he were a stinky fart, he would be the stinkiest, most dairy fart that feels like you just pooped yourself kind of fart in terms of being a technical guru in the history of the show. But in all seriousness, Jeff Tech, congratulations on on becoming a father, which is the most important thing, and for being uh, becoming a husband, uh, for getting married, which is a huge accomplishment after some of the trials and tribulations <laughs> we, we, we have heard, just just some of the trials and tribulations. This, this is this is probably a long time coming. Mm. Well, and, and for and for being becoming a father, which is one of the most important jobs you'll ever ever have in your life. Right. Job, uh, not job, role. Let's go with yeah. role, because you can't quit that one. No, you, unless you, you can't. unless you're a deadbeat, and if you're a deadbeat dad, not Jeff Tech. If you're generally a deadbeat dad. Man, that ain't right. Right. Take the, um, your time. Be a father. Roman Reigns. I I spoke with him before the show, and he gave me the news. And, and it happened over the weekend. It happened on Saturday. Um, And he, early in the morning on Saturday. Um, And he said, it, you know, it, it was probably the most comic, as common as it probably could be. Um, You know, it. Her her water broke. They were lucky enough. They they had they the 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 funny thing was they had made the arrangements to have the wedding on Saturday anyway, because they knew from the doctor that it was going to happen any day now, um, and they already had an arrangement with the the per, the, the the person that was going to perform the ceremony, the judge or I guess it's the judge he said it was that they they would come to the hospital if if need be if if it happened and it did. And um, so they got married before the babies were born. And he's got a boy and a girl. Now, he won't tell me the names. He wants to see if people can guess the names. That's a dangerous thing. (laughs) But he wants to see if people will guess the names. They're both healthy. Um, In fact, they're all home already. So that should tell you that's good news. Um, And... Everything's a go. Everything's going fine. Um, and he said that it was a surprisingly quick labor. All right, all right. Again, can, can, I, can I take a stab at the names? Sure, go ahead, please. I I, I believe I believe the girl's name might be 
pearly white tech. I don't know what his actual last name is, so to me, his last name is Tech. And I believe, and I believe, uh, because he might be a big Nick Offerman fan, and aren't we all in the end big Nick Offerman fan? I believe um, the boy's name is Jackson Offerman Tech. I'm waiting for everybody to put all those things together. <laughs> it's not exactly a very complex puzzle, Mike. I mean, really. It, 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 okay, I'm, this is not this is not the most complex cipher in the world. No, it's, it really isn't. <laughs> um, but I but I wonder if I wonder if the boy is going to grow up to be like the best debater in the world. Actually, they they might say he'd be a master at it. Like Jeff Tech. We'll see Jeff if Tech. Jeff Tech. Yeah, go ahead. We'll go see ahead. if he chooses to reveal the names tonight. He said he wants to see if anybody wants to guess at him. So we'll see what happens. But I am, now, I am now, very happy. Go ahead, Mike. Is he swearing at me in, right now? No, he claims he expected such references. Well, he deserves such references. He does. I, I don't think he can deny that at this point. <laughs> I don't no, think he can. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he cannot deny this at this point. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't have a, a he doesn't have a leg to stand on here. He has to let us do that. So um which is funny. I mean, it, it reminds me of those old uh odysseys that he used to take to uh for the NCAA tournament. And well, the more I think about it, I think he just gave you the heavily edited version of it, which he couldn't spell check. But yeah, yeah, it's I, like I, it's like I imagine it's like an FBI report. Half of it got redacted. That 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 is Jeff Tech. Are you serious? What redacted? Are you freaking serious, Jeff? You just swore on the air, you idiot. I said frickin'. I said frickin'. No, I didn't say that. No, you didn't. You, really? To be fa- he gave to me one fair. of the names. He gave me one of the names. Is it he Herbert? He gave me one of the names. Is it Herbert? No. How about Kelvin? He gave me the girl's name. Oh. Is it Herbert? Peyton. Peyton? Peyton? Really? Peyton Manning? What uh, what is the boy's name Reggie? <laughs> uh, Maybe it's Marvin. Wait, is is it Marvin? Marvin Harrison. <laughs> really? Maybe. Uh, now, wait, now I'm gonna, okay. Now wait a minute. Why would you name it after Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning. Peyton, why would you name it after Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning left. I mean, I, I, I always feel like Brian. He won him the Super Bowl. That's why. Well, right, but I know that. I mean, that's and that's pretty much why I always picks the Broncos. If not the Colts, he always picks the Broncos too. Because Peyton Manning is inherently likable and very funny. Okay, so wait a anyway. You got to pick the girl's name. She got to pick the boy's name. But you were apparently he was agreeable to the boy's name too. All right, so now we got to guess the boy's name. So we got Peyton. And who the boy's name? What's the boy's name? Come on, let's hurry this up. <laughs> you just, if you, because, you just threw that because out, we have, much we have a lot of show to do, so I can have a little sleep tonight. Yes, exactly. So let's get to the point here. 
What's what's the name? Give it up. Come on. I'm 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 gonna go out on a limb and say it's Andrew. Andrew Luck. He, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's Andrew. Maybe maybe he should get maybe he should uh, pick a name of an indie player that actually helped win him a Super Bowl instead mm. of uh, complaining about deflated footballs in the first half. It is Andrew. I call that. I freaking call that. Oh look, you know what? No, it's just, you know it's what well, you should have been Johnny for Johnny Unitas because he's a winner. Andrew, okay, Andrew Luck is going to be a winner. He's going to win a Super Bowl. Oh, he's going to win a Super Bowl. Uh, remember when they complained about the footballs and they made the Patriots reinflate the footballs and mm-hmm. it was revealed that the Patriots kind of just deflated the footballs to give Indy a chance? Yeah. They wanted to give Peace a chance, and Indy's like, no, we don't want that. You're cheating. And they're like, okay, we'll play fairly. And then they ran him out of their building. Yeah. That's the end irony. Of, end of end of story. That's the I'm not a New England fan, but that's the narrative. Uh, no, you're cheating. So we, we want you to play fair. We we know. Oh no, we the, actually want you to go back to cheating. We were doing way better then. Okay, so we know the names. We know the names, and they're Indianapolis Colts affiliated. We got Andrew and Peyton. I I went. I thought it would be uh, more Jeff Tech related. Uh, but no, he had to make it more Indianapolis Colts related. I That's still think Jackson would Jackson Offerman would have been a fantastic name for a boy. God bless Jeff Tech. Somebody, God bless. I, they're, they're they're cool names. God bless. Congratulations. But yes, congratulations. In both regards. In both regards, congratulations. Congratulations on your cool congratulations on your little Colts. <laughs> yeah. On your little Colts. I'm glad it went smoothly. I'm glad everybody's home and everybody's healthy. That's a good thing. Um, now the adventure begins. <laughs> um, okay, so we do have a jam-packed show. Here's where we're going to do things tonight. We got the box office beat. We got the TV picks of the week. Um, I mentioned in the in the in the show description that you know we talk about MLB and NBA. There's really nothing in both regards to talk about. There was a slew of injuries in the NBA, but nothing that's, you know, we have to talk about. Um, so we'll leave the NBA stuff off for tonight because there's really nothing pressing to get to. Um, MLB, you know, tra- uh, camp's opening. Pitchers and catchers are reporting across the board. Yolan Mancala has gone to the Red Sox. Um, you know, there was a lot of money there, $30 million to get them. It's going to end up being $60 million because of uh, – you get 100% taxed for that. Um, you know, a lot of teams around him, including the Yankees, a lot of teams do not want to take a chance on him. He's a shortstop. That's not really a good shortstop. He's projected more to be a third baseman or even maybe a second baseman. There was a lot of concerns about him, whether he's worth the money or not. He's supposed to be a really flashy personality. Uh, he looks like he can hit. We don't know fielding-wise how good he's going to be. A lot of teams thought he's he's probably going to end up being good, but Position-wise, it's it's kind of weird, hard to decipher. You know, good for the Red Sox. He's 19 years old. He has the potential to be a superstar. You know, they're loading up on position players so they can have assets to trade as well. I I can't. I, I I've seen the player. I like the player. I thought anybody that got him, there's something you could do with him. I think he'd be. I mean, offensively, I think he's going to be very talented. 
defensively I worry. And and since baseball is in this current climate of defense first, it seems, I don't, you know, and hopefully that changes for his sake, but also for the fans' sake. Um, I don't know how he fits in initially. He seems he's, he's very, very, very confident in himself. He thinks he's only going to be in the minors for maybe a couple months. That could very well be. That could very well be. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But that's really the only big baseball headline outside of A-Rod. Um, I really can't say much about Moncala, but A-Rod, you know, he showed up at camp a couple of days early yesterday. God bless him. I, I've heard that the Yankees seem like they're upset about that. I, you know, I understand why they, they, they dislike the guy. I understand, and, and he clearly does too. A lot's been said about A-Rod this week, the ESPN article, which I thought was well done. Um, ESPN Magazine article, which I thought was well done, showed you a different side of him. He came off very well in that piece because it chronicled all the productive things. You like go back to school, go take a marketing course. Like it showed a lot of things that made him so some positive things about him in this last year. How he let the lawsuits go, et cetera, et cetera. You know. Yankees, there was reports say, saying the Yankees think he's the same old person. He showed up at camp a couple of days early when they told him not to. I, I don't know what the big deal is about him showing up at camp early. I really don't. Is it because it makes him look like he's better than everybody? I, 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 you can't paint showing up at camp early in a negative light. It was going to be a media circus no matter when he showed up, so you can't even say that. In fact, him showing up early and doing that, getting the media circus out of the way, actually benefits the team. So why they're mad about that? I don't know, but I didn't have an issue with it. I thought he handled things well yesterday. You know, he said if the Yankees support, that the front office supports them, he said you got to ask them. You know, he didn't do anything derogatory. The team looks like they're ready to embrace him because what else can they do? The fans, there was a positive response from the fans yesterday. He signed autographs for about 20 minutes. I thought it went well yesterday for him. Now, he, now really, the only thing, if he goes out there and he performs, Okay, even if he just hits like 250 and hits like 20, 20 home runs, if he does that out of a D8 spot, you're happy. I think the fans will be okay. doesn't matter if they, if they like him as a person or not, they'll be okay. So we'll see what happens there. There's really not much else you can say there. So, And that's really all the baseball stuff. I mean, pitchers and catchers reporting, camps are opening. So we're going to leave any else, anything else involving baseball off the docket tonight, just like when we leave the NBA off tonight. So that leaves us for college basketball. We'll do a really quick overview of the past week, do our tourney 10, and then jump right into the bubble watts and the bracket bugle. Um, and we want to focus more on some of these teams that are on the bubble and the one seed discussion, all that good stuff. We want to give that more time tonight. So we're going to go as quickly as we possibly can to the box office beat and the TV picks of the week and go right into the college basketball stuff. That's what we're going to do tonight. But there is a breaking news item. I put this in the show description that I think we're forced to cover. I always try to give our wrestling fans something, especially on a week. I mean, when we have a wrestling show, a special wrestling show, I, I don't force it into Tuesday because obviously I know we're going to do wrestling on Thursday. But on weeks when we don't have a wrestling show, I try to get something in on Tuesday involving wrestling. Well, obviously today there is a story that we should talk about. We're going to do that right out of the gate right now because it is kind of breaking news. For those that do not know, there was something that happened, and this has been reported. If you don't read the dirt sheets, you don't read any of the wrestling news or spoiler rumor websites, I apologize, but 
if, if you do, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it kind of story got out this afternoon uh, that Brock Lesnar was backstage at uh, Raw yesterday. He was flown in. He was not used on the show because of the fact that there was some kind of incident, um, some kind of disagreement. It's now being said that that was over his business relationship with WWE. There are some reports that he left before Raw was even off the air. Um, you know, people noticed a couple of things about last night's show. It did not feel as special as past, uh, you know, shows have after usually it's elimination time. But this year, you know, usually the, 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 the show right after the pay-per-view before WrestleMania is usually a big show. There was no Undertaker. There was no Sting. There was no Brock Lesnar. The show Fastlane felt more like the Raw, the day, the day, the first Raw on the road to WrestleMania than that show did. Now we're hearing that Brock Lesnar was supposed to appear. It was even advertised on WWE's Facebook, Twitter, on their app, and he never did. And apparently he's upset, he was visibly upset, and it involves his business relationship with WWE. Apparently Vince acknowledged it during a meeting um, on SmackDown this afternoon and did not elaborate on it. We don't know what the nature of it is. We don't know much about it at this particular point. Look, WWE is already in, in flux over this main event. If Brock Lesnar ends up walking out, we don't know if he will, but, it, it, you know, if there's an issue here, you know, there's been a lot of talk about whether Brock will stay, if he'll go after WrestleMania. This can't help things. And now if you have an enraged Brock Lesnar going to the main event against your so-called golden boy, Roman Reigns. That's just asking for trouble. So there, there is a lot of – obviously WWE is very worried here. If you watched the show last night, you know, Triple H did not say a word, and there were times when he was visibly upset. Stephanie was doing all the talking. He was just standing there, and that was the whole thing was just weird. So I'm not sure what was going on. Maybe that was in some way direct, tied into it. I don't know. But something is going on here, and it's very interesting to say the least. Mike, uh, your thoughts? I just read the story. Mm-hmm. Um, they're screwed. WWE is screwed here. Your ma- your your title match is a guy who just walked out of the company. That sounds familiar. Maybe in a year they're going to show pictures of Brock Lesnar's ass on YouTube. Um, versus a guy that everybody universally agrees is not ready against the guy who cannot put on a good 20-minute match by himself to save his life. The fast lane match was good, but who was he wrestling? Oh, oh yeah, that guy. Um, so they're, they're screwed. Brock Lesnar's probably not willing to do business at this point, which means at WrestleMania, he's just going to come out there and start beating the crap out of Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns might be booked to win that match, but he is going to get the crap kicked out of him before anything happens. And it's not going to be pretty. It's terrifying. 
So they they better smooth things over and make right with Brock if they want to put over the the future here. And Reigns, Roman Reigns, because and, at at this point I don't see it happening. And this this just came in. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Mike, but something that's been trending over the last 24 hours is hashtag Give Divas a chance. Yeah, I saw that earlier. It was related to the fact there was that 30-second match on Raw last night. With the, the, the Not page. even, yeah. A, Not even. It was like it, 17. Right, okay. Well, you know, that's been trending, and there's been a lot of talk, especially what, what happened at NXT with the fatal, the fatal four-way match with those divas, um, about giving more time to women's wrestlers on the main brand, Raw, SmackDown. Well, AJ, we don't know if, this, if she was hacked or not, okay? But Stephanie McMahon tweeted... Uh, earlier this week to Patricia Arquette, who uh, uh, had won an Oscar on Sunday night. Thank you, Patricia Arquette, for having the courage to fight for women's rights on such a great plat- grand plat- platform. Hashtag use your voice. Now, AJ just tweeted this out nine minutes ago, nine and 11 minutes ago, respectively. And this was at Stephanie McMahon. And these are quotes, folks. Your female wrestlers have record-selling merchandise and have started in the highest-rated segment of the show several times. That's the first tweet. The second tweet, tweet at Steph McMahon. And yet they receive a fraction of the wages and screen time of the majority of the male roster. Hashtag use your voice. Huh. Okay. We don't know if she was hacked or something. Obviously people are like, well, she's injured. There was talk that she'd be coming back soon. They got creative has plans for her. I don't know what's going on, if it's part of an angle or something, but that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's extremely interesting. Um, I don't think she got hacked. Well, you know, I do think she got hacked. Or at least that's what the uh, ongoing thing is going to be. Um, that's been that happening was, a lot. Didn't that happen to Cesaro last week, too? Uh, Cesaro did get hacked. But he got hacked by a guy who uh, was a fan of his, and he didn't actually run down Cesaro. He was actually advocating for Cesaro. Uh, but, yeah, they... To be, to be quite honest with you, the Divas have gotten the short end of the stick recently. They have. And it's not fair when you've got women wrestlers like Paige and Emma up here and Nikki Bella, who's working her ass off, and Brie Bella, who's just a little bit better but hasn't wrestled in a while. It's, 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 they're, they're Natty Neidhart. <laughs> it's just not fair. I was the, I was just reading I was just reading some of the comments related to this story, and somebody said I can just see CM Punk behind her saying, and I quote, "and send." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know, some people think that this is an angle or that she's about to be fired or something, especially with what's going on with CM Punk and the whole, you know, thing with the WWE doctor and everything. I don't know. Look, AJ might think she's in the position. Obviously, she's like the top diva, clearly. She probably feels like, what are they going to do to me? I've been outspoken before. What what are they going to do to me? You know, I've already done everything I can do in the company to begin with. So if they fire me, oh, well, they fire me. You know, that might be where she's coming from here. She's not wrong. At least not, not from how the Divas get treated. They 
it, it's it's unfortunate, you know. And and I I don't even know if you can put that on Triple H because you know Triple H seems to like women's wrestling because look what he does in NXT. So, and that was horrible last night. You have and so and I think somebody made a good point and and this whole give the divas a chance thing. You saw people saying you got a three hour show on a Monday night. You can't you can't give the divas at least a, a decent length match. Regardless of how you feel about some of the divas wrestlers, whether you think they're any good or not, you can't give them more time. We can get we can do a twenty five minute authority promo, but we can't give the divas at least a ten fifteen minute match. That there's a they they had this this whole thing. There's a point to it, and it, it's it. I'm glad that it's being addressed, you know, among all the other problems the company has. You know, I'm glad this is being addressed. Interesting. Well, that's a story to follow, this whole AJ thing. And obviously the Brock Black Lesnar thing is a huge story to follow. And we'll see what it means. I mean, I mean, if he, if he, I mean, we don't, walk out is, 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 I don't think he walked out. I don't think he's left. I don't think this is, this is that kind of thing yet. At least it doesn't seem that way because I think by now we would have heard, um, you know, since Vince did apparently address it this afternoon at SmackDown, I think we would have, it would have been gotten out right now that the WrestleMania main event is in trouble. But I think what's going to, I think it still is in trouble. Even if Brock is still going to work the match, I think you're in trouble because now you have a, 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 a peed off Brock Lesnar. Even probably more so than usual. And if they don't settle this and he's still like this, good luck. Good luck. Because the whole idea, I mean, they're sad, they're, they're, they are really angering people and, and going out of their way to put over Roman Reigns. And if Brock Lesnar doesn't follow the party line and do what he's supposed to do, it's just, it's just going to be ugly. And... Look, maybe some people are saying, well, maybe it's karma. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But I'll tell you this. These, I mean, last year they got lucky. Everything came together. You know, they ended up, you know, saving WrestleMania, even though they gave up the Undertaker's streak. But aside from that, they saved WrestleMania last year. This year, you know, it, it, it reminds me a lot of... Uh, WrestleMania 27, WrestleMania 29. Both had really crappy builds. Anything that could go wrong went wrong, and here you are again. Something about these odd-numbered WrestleManias lately. I don't know what it is. But, well, both stories, obviously, we're keeping an eye on as we go forward here. Very interesting indeed. All right, from wrestling, we're going to jump right. We're going to go jumping into entertainment first, as I mentioned. We're going to do the box office beat. And, um... Start with that, and you know, fairly predictable weekend in a number of ways. Um, in that you have, we all knew Fifty Shades of Grey would drop. It dropped a whopping seventy-three point nine percent. Which look, I know people are going to paint that and go, "Oh wow, that's a histor- that's a big drop. It's almost historic." It's think about this, okay? It was if 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 it if it did not get released on Valentine's Day, all right, okay, it probably wouldn't have made as much 
or at least on Valentine's Day weekend, pardon me, it wouldn't have made as much as it did, okay? It would have been probably in the $50, $60 million range, okay? I'm just being honest. I think it would have been. I think the holiday kind of pushed a lot more casuals that otherwise wouldn't have rushed out to see it to go see it. All right, and then therefore it probably would only have like a 40%, 50% drop in its second weekend. The fact that it was released on a holiday weekend, Valentine's Day weekend, I think enhanced the drop-off point. You knew it was going to have a significant drop-off. That kind of, it, those kind of movies are always front-loaded, always, always. If the fan base comes out in droves and then it drops off. We've seen that time and time again, unless you're a special case like a Harry Potter or a Hunger Games or something, then it's different. Just the way it is. It's like horror movies stuff. Certain things they have their certain film projects have their niche, and after the the, the the you know the major fan base comes out to see the film, that's it. If they, unless they keep coming out to see, and even if they do, you still get a huge drop off. So nothing earth shattering there. Yeah, for, by a lot of people's standards, it did it did a little less than probably they expected. Most thought it dropped down to maybe twenty seven, twenty eight, thirty million. It dropped down to twenty two point two. Still pretty solid. I, I, I in all honesty, still pretty solid, especially since it's controversial. And it's it's more than profitable. So there's no there's nothing to be concerned with. A forty million dollar budget on that movie. It's nothing to be concerned about, and it's still doing good worldwide. Um, Kingsman held up at 18.3, which was very solid. Generally, that's right in line with what people thought it would do. 17, 18, maybe 20, 22 million. I said 22. I thought my hope a little bit better. I went a little higher than maybe I should have, but I'm very, I'm happy it's held up well. It's done better than, you know, Kick-Ass did, and that's a good sign for the film, and it's a good sign if they want to make it into a franchise like it seems they want to, so... And that has some controversy to it, too. So it's good that it's done well. You know, it shows that there's an interest there. So that's that's a very, very good thing for that movie. It's an $81 million movie. It's it's going to do fine. It's already, you know, it's um up to $155.7 million worldwide already. So it's already made a profit. It's our rated film, so it's already good to go. So, again, some po- so some good positive news there. Um, and nothing earth-shattering, nothing drastically negative or overly a top positive. It's kind of like, okay, same as Fifty Shades of Grey. Even though the, with the significant drop-off, it's like, all right, you know, nothing that wasn't considered by anybody, you know, that nothing that wasn't considered a possibility so far in any of these cases. SpongeBob, 16.5, you know, people said 15, 16, 18 million. It fell right in line with that. So nothing earth-shattering, nothing out of the ordinary. We had three new releases, McFarlane USA, The Duff, and Hot Tub Time Machine 2. That's maybe where things got a little surprising. If you had asked me that McFarlane USA would do the best of the three, I would have said, you're, you're, you're crazy. No disrespect to the movie, which I hear is actually not bad. It's actually pretty solid. Um, you know, it skewed older, and I, th- I thought... You know, hey, you know, Hot Tub Time Machine plays more to a younger audience, so is the Duff. I thought that would make a difference, but that did not happen. McFarlane USA edged out the Duff. McFarlane USA was a little over 11 million. The Duff were about 10.8, a little under 11. So very close there between the two. The big surprise was Hot Tub Time Machine 2, which flopped with 5.9 million. You know, a lot of people did say that it was unnecessary to make a sequel. 
It probably was. I didn't like the first one, so you know how I felt about it. There were some cast changes, you know. And and here's the thing about all three of these new releases, but most particularly the Duff and Hot Tub Time Machine 2, okay? And, and, and I think McFarlane USA, but again, to a lesser extent than the other two. Again, this is a different weekend. You're coming off, it's the end of winter break. This past Sunday was not going to be like last Sunday where people didn't have to go to work the next day because next day was President's Day. You know, you did not, you know, you did not have that. You did not have the accessibility of parents, teachers, families, kids being off the next day on Sunday. So they probably were less likely to go to the movies on Sunday. It became almost a normal Sunday, but even at the box office, but less so because if people were traveling, you know, maybe coming back from a trip or something, Guess what? They're probably traveling back on Sunday, you know, and not only that, but even if they weren't, you know, people are getting ready to get back to their routines for Monday after being off for a week. That plays into it. That plays into it. And that's where I said, I warned of this last week, that maybe Sunday was going to be a low day, and I think it was, and I think that hurt the new releases more so than anybody else. That left them really with only Friday and Saturday as good potential days where the audience was going to potentially be there. And that showed, especially for the Duff and Hot Tub Time Machine 2, who obviously were going after the younger audience. The younger audience, um, you know, might be more impacted by having the, you know, maybe coming back from a trip on Sunday or whatever. I mean, you know, that you think that would be the case. So they got impacted very much so by the circumstances of how different this weekend was versus last and, you know, it might have behooved some of these movies to have opened up this coming weekend, but then there's a, a slew of other releases, so I don't know. Damned if you do, damned if you don't, I guess. But, um, and look, when you face the competition that these movies are facing and how good that competition's been doing and how good it did, it's not really shocking to see Hot Tub Time Machine 2 flop and see McFarlane USA and the Duff struggle a little bit. But really, if you look at McFarlane USA, I think most of us thought eight, nine, ten million was was right there. So it making eleven falls in line with that. The Duff, the same, you know, the same thing. I think most people were going around ten million. They fell right in there. So it, it it's not like the Duff flopped. All right. I think we all considered that it would have a hard time making more than that. And McFarlane USA technically didn't flop either, based on expectations. It's hot tub time machine two. Then most were saying at least fifteen, sixteen million that really flopped, and it shows you, you know, they really got hurt by, if anybody got hurt more by the circumstances of the weekend, it was them, and, you know, obviously by the fact that maybe people clearly felt like they didn't need a sequel to it, so I guess you look at these numbers, American Sniper had up well, a little over 10 million, clearly got a little bit of a boost from the Oscars. You look at these numbers, I don't think anything is really that surprising once you consider the Hot Tub Time Machine 2 flop. Um, that's probably it. Um, everything else kind of fell in line. And again, given the weekend, you know, end of winter break and people going back to school and work and stuff on Monday, you know, Sunday was going to be, might, might have been a lower day even by Sunday standards, usually at the box office. And I think that impacted particularly the new releases. Um, and, and definitely in particular probably Hot Tub Time Machine along with the fact people thought it was unnecessary. So that's your storyline. That's really um, really all it's about. Um, 
let me just say how I did on predictions real quick, and then I'll throw in a mic. Um, 50 states of gray, obviously had him first with 30 minutes, as I mentioned, first place with 22.2. Kingsman I uh, had in second with 22 million. It came in second with 18.3. Got that one wrong. SpongeBob movie I had in third with 18 million. Made a little under that, 16.5. Hot Tub Time Machine 2 I had in fourth with 50 million. We know that one was way under that. In seventh with 5.9 million. American Sniper I had in fifth with 11 million. It came in sixth with 10 a little over $10 million, so right around there, but still not close enough for my prediction. I had the Duff in sixth with $10 million. Duff came in fifth with ten point eight. Um, Close, but not close enough. I had to be up in 500000 so I got that one wrong. Just barely, but I got it wrong. And seventh, I had McFarland USA with $8 million. It came in fourth with a little over $11 million. so actually a little better than I expected. So I got all seven wrong. Oh, joy. So 0 for 7, I went on the predictions. Um, and what, and let me just again run through these real quick. Again, first place, 50 states, a great 22.2 million, 73.9% drop off. Kingsmen stayed put in second with 18.3 million, 49.3% drop off. Staying put in third, the SpongeBob movie with 16.5 million, a 47.3% drop off. So the top three from last week stayed put, which we, I think most of us expected given how well they were doing. Uh, now the new releases in fourth. In its first week, was a uh, McFarlane USA for over 11 million. In fifth, the Duff in its first weekend with 10.8 million. American Sniper dropped from fourth to sixth with over 10 million dollars, 38.8 percent drop off. Again, probably got helped by the Oscars being this weekend. People wanted to check it out. They haven't already done so, or you know, watch it again. Uh, in seventh, Hot Tub Time Machine 2, 5.9 million in its first weekend. Again, considered a flop. An uh, imitation game continued to be the uh, outside American Sniper, the awards movie that people seem to be flocking to as we got closer to the Oscars. It was in ninth with 2.5 million. Still, Alice did pretty well, 2.1 million. Um, the uh, Birdman was under a million of 877,000. So those were really, um, and Salma was down there with 622,000. So really, those movies. Um, were among the the ones that got maybe a, a boost from, you know, people before the Oscars wanting to check them out. You always get an awards boost um, as you get closer to the Oscars, and those movies were among those that did. Got the best ones. Clearly, American Sniper probably got the best boost of all of them, but you pretty much figure that given it was the one that came out more recently and was doing the best going into the final weeks before the Oscars, so that's not really that shocking. Um, so that's how... Everything worked out at the box office last weekend. If you want the more complete numbers, you can go to Box Office Mojo. Look under uh, the weekend of February 20th through the 22nd, 2015. You can find the complete set of numbers and more information, worldwide grosses, all that stuff. Mike, do you have any thoughts on last weekend? Did you throw it to me? Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh man, you have like the worst timing. I I won't tell you what I was doing, but like like the critic says, it stinks. Oh jeez. Uh, so yeah, you have some of the worst timing like ever. Like ever. Okay. But the only point I was going to make it well, two points. The first thing is, I actually believe AJ 
did tweet those out. Now, I took a look at her Twitter account. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's accurate. That's probably her. And what are they going to do? Fire her? <laughs> and two, the Duff is profitable. The Duff's budget was only $10 million. Mm-hmm. Or, excuse me, it was, yeah, it was like, no, it was like $8 million. It was it was cheap for a major box office uh, picture these days. And now it's profitable. And yeah. so that's how it goes. That's how, you go, that's how it goes. And it, it goes to show you, if you're smart with the budget and you keep it as low as you can, even if you don't have that great opening weekend or whatever, you're gonna you you'll probably end up being fine, and it'll probably sell well in the syndication too. I'd imagine. Um, probably, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's so, from, yeah, from last weekend we get to this weekend, and you know we've talked about about how well this weekend, this week, uh, this week, this year has gone at the box office. It has been a successful year so far. Um, you know, from American Sniper to Fifty Shades of Grey and SpongeBob, and there's been uh, several hits already. It's been a really, really great start to the year for the box office. It's there's only been I think that le- that last week of January was only really the the only real kind of low week, and even that week wasn't that bad. Um, and we're heading into that same kind of week now where it's probably going to be just like that last week of January, where you might be able to squeeze out one movie with 20 minutes, which would be one of the new releases, and then everything else, you know, will will be on more on the low side. Um, and, you know, because of, and really, this how how good of a week you have outside of the, the movie that gets number one, obviously, will really depend on how well some of these, uh, movies that have been holding up over the last couple of weeks will do. Um, it won't be a horrible week. It won't be like some of the weeks you've seen, like in early September, where you see like a movie make ten million and get number one. Like I said, I think you have a good chance an eighteen to twenty million dollar movie opening at number one this week. Um, it, it won't be a dreadful week. Like I said, it'll fall into that last week of January a month ago kind of trend. I think before things pick up maybe again in March. There, there has to be a week that's kind of down to balance things out because people only have so much money. And this month has been a huge month at the box office. You've seen, again, you've seen a nice run. January was a pretty big month, even bigger than maybe usual. Well, that's become a bigger month in recent years anyway. And February lived up to its hype and, and did what you'd hope it would do. So, you know, having a mo- having a week like I think we're about to have is not a bad thing. So... You have two new releases, which is interesting because, you know, it seems like for a long time it was three new releases every weekend. You know, most of January that was the case, and really three out of the four four weeks in February, well, two out of the four weeks in February was the case. So kind of been a running trend. Um, But this week, no no such luck, and next week, such rugby. In fact, through most of March until you get to March 20th, it's two movies. So we're kind of breaking with the trend a little bit, and you know, going more to the conventional release of two major movies, which is something that I think a lot of us over the over the years have been used to. So two major movies this weekend. You have first 
a movie called Focus. It's a comedy from Warner Brothers opening in 3, 000, over 3,200 theaters. R-rated, stars um, Will Smith, Margot Robbie, and Rodrigo Santoro. You've probably seen a lot of advertising. There's been a lot of anticipation for this. Now, let me caution people. This is a dramedy. If you've seen the trailers and you're thinking, how is this a comedy? It's a dramedy, okay? It really is. Um, there's been a lot of people that are looking forward to this. I've been trying to figure out why. Is it, is it because Will Smith is, is, is in it and he's doing something different that he's done in the last few years? Maybe. Margot Robbie is, is a rising star right now, so I think that could be a part of it. It does look interesting to me, but not so much to require the kind of anticipation I've seen from it. Nonetheless, um, even if it's R rating, I, most people think it's going to get to at least 18 to 20 million this weekend. If it does that, that's pretty good. Uh, especially with the competition the last few weeks and how well movies have been doing, and you consider this this should be like a kind of a lull week, you know that would be pretty good. And if it does that, which I I'm thinking it will, again that's that's pretty solid. So that's the biggest opening this weekend here, um, and it's a very conventional kind of release for you know late February or even like an early February, late January kind of release. All right, then you have a, movie, a horror movie called The Lazarus Effect from Relativity Media opening in 2,500 theaters. PG-13, which you know what that means. You know how I translate that. That means it's more a thriller suspense film. It's not a horror film, folks. That's just the way it is because they can't put the, enough elements in it to make it true horror, at least in my opinion and at least in the opinion of many. Um, it stars Olivia Wilde. Mark Dupress, Evan Peters, and Don Glover. So some names in there that might draw an audience, which is what I think a lot of people, which is why I think a, a lot of people think it could make at least 12, 13, 14 million, especially with the PG-13 rating making it more accessible to people. Um, so I guess, you know, Evan Peters, really a while, they have fan bases that might help draw people to the film. Um, and it's been well advertised too, and again, the PG-13 rating. So, it, I don't anticipate it flopping. I think it'll do well enough to, to justify its release more than likely. I don't, I don't think its budget is out of control. I don't have a budget number, but I don't think it's out of control. So I think, you know, if it does maybe 11, 12, 13 million, which is what people think it might do this weekend, that would be pretty good, especially in what is considered going to be a, a, a weaker box office week this week. And those are your, your two major reasons. Also, Donald Glover, who's in it, has a pretty good fan base too. Those are your only two major releases. No limited releases of no, you know, but beyond the award season now, the Oscars have come and gone. You know, so there's not not no awards buzz movies to talk about, no Oscar movies to talk about. So that's it. Two major releases and that's all we have to chronicle for this coming weekend. Before I make my predictions, Mike, your thoughts. Mike, I threw to you. Okay. Um. <laughs> Why am I thinking we lost him or he's busy? Um. 
Or maybe he's stuck offline. Let me check. No, I'm still online. Oh. It's just a finishing business. Oh, for crying out loud. You want to get off the air? I'm trying to hurry along. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Brian, well, Brian, I'm sorry. Vanilla milkshake. Well, if these things bother you, why do you eat and drink them? I don't. It's like the first one I've had in like a year. But oh, I really God. don't have any any major thoughts here. In the interest of okay. time. Right. Okay. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to be helpful, but you're just like got the worst timing. Oh, for crying out loud! Okay. Do you want to um, cry out loud, or do you want to act your age? <laughs> you're so freaking horrible. Um. Okay. So with that being said, let's get to the predictions right now. Um, I'm I'm, I'm going to warn you, folks. There's a lot of half millions on here. Usually, I just make flat totals like 11 million, 10 million with the occasional, like, half million kind of thing. But I think a lot of these movies, this is going to be like, I liken this to, like, mid-January when you have a lot of the holiday holdovers along with a lot of the awards movies and stuff. Well, a lot of them are, like, close in rankings. And you could see either, like, you could see a, um, a lot of, like, some movies finishing above the other. You know, it's going to be very close and compact, I think, this weekend. Um, for a lot of these films. Um, all right, so I am going to go with focus in first. I'm going to go 18 and a half million. Most are going 18 to 20. I'm going to go 18 and a half million. I don't know if it can get to 20. I, it's potentially it could. I know Will Surveyed the draw he once was. I, I'm going 18 and a half million because of the fact that I'm expecting a weaker box office weekend. I am going to go with last with effect in second with eleven and a half million. This could easily if it could easily be Kingsman in second. Kingsman's going to hold up better than Fifty Shades of Grey. Anyway. We've already seen that, so I could easily see Kingsman finishing second. Um, I could even see SpongeBob finishing second, or Fifty Shades surprising and finishing second. That, that's all possible. Just so, but I'm going with the last with effect in second, eleven and a half million. It does have some cast members that have good fan bases, so. And it's PG-13 and well-marketed, so we'll see if... I think it can at least get to that. So I'll go with $11.5 million for last, for second, second. And third, I'm going with Kingsman, The Secret Service, $10.5 million. Based on how it's been holding, that seems reasonable. And fourth, the SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water, $10 million. And then fifth, I'm going with Fifty Shades of Grey, $9.5 million. Again, these movies could all... Any one of these movies, you could see these spots flip. All right, these are all going to be very close, these particular movies I just mentioned. Everything from second to fifth. Focus should definitely be in first. Um, and then second, third, fourth, and fifth, Last Effect, Kingsman, SpongeBob, Fifty Shades of Grey could all, you know, usurp each other. They could all jump around. They could be ranked anywhere from second to fifth. They're all going to be that close in, in ranking and number. Um, and sixth, I'm going with McFarlane, USA. I'm going seven million. I, I could see it holding up that well. Um, and seventh, American Sniper, I'm going with. I think, you know, I think it'll get an after-Oscar boost, based on how how well it was doing going into the last few weeks of the Oscar season. And given even though it wasn't up for a whole lot of major awards, okay, it was up for the major award, but even though it wasn't up for a ton of awards, I think it'll still get some kind of boost from it. So I think it'll hold up enough to get to maybe $6 million. Um, in eighth, I'll go with the Duff, $5.5 it could it could probably um, 
either beat American Sniper or be right there with it. Those two could be pretty close. So, in fact, McFarlane, USA, American Sniper, the Duff could all be pretty close. You could see an interesting race there where either one could finish ahead of the other. Um, and that's pretty much it. Hot Tub Time Machine debuted at around well, $5.5 million. It's going to drop below $5 million. Most people think it'll be only at 2 $2.5 million. So, and that makes sense. So, I don't think anything else beyond the movies I just mentioned will finish at around or above or at $5 million. So we'll leave it right there. So, again, my predictions for this weekend, the final weekend of February, the transition into March, the weekend of February the 27th, um, which should be a rather weaker box office weekend. I'm predicting Focus in first with $18.5 million. Last Effect in second, $11.5 million. Third, Kingsman, The Secret Service, $10.5 million. The SpongeBob movie, SpongeBob Water, fourth place, $10 million. Fifth, Fifty Shades of Grey, $9.5 million. Sixth, McFarlane, USA, $7 million. Seventh, American Sniper, $6 million. The Duff, eighth. With eight, it was five and a half million dollars. Those are your predictions for this weekend, the weekend of February 27th. That will close out February. Transition us into March. Again, should be a very a lot of these movies should be very close in ranking and a number. So, um, and I, I don't again, I don't think it'll be a horrible box office weekend. Just more on par with the last and the January what it was this year, which wouldn't be that bad. It'd be not too bad at all actually. So. All right, next weekend, as we are in the first weekend of March, we kind of get back into um, we kind of get back into some what what many people feel could be bigger movies here um, that could draw a little better than what's being featured in the new release the new release uh, department this weekend. Uh, next weekend, you got Chappie, a sci-fi action film, and Unfinished Business, a comedy. So those are your two major releases next weekend. We'll talk about those next weekend. Um, you might be, before we go to TV Picks of the Week, I want to briefly acknowledge something. Somebody asked me today, because they know we're doing the Film Awards on Thursday, they said, and they know why we do the Film Awards, you know, we, we, we don't like the way the Oscars handle things and everything. Somebody asked me, are you going to do a reaction segment to the Oscars tonight? And, I, and we've always done that, you know, right after the Oscars and right before our Film Awards. And I said, we're not. And here's why. We are going to do something about it. Um, our next, our next Thursday show, we are going to do a special report reacting to the Oscars because there were some things that happened during this broadcast. Some things were said, and Mike knows what they are. He, he liked the post from James Gunn that referred to it. James Gunn, of course, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. There was something said during that broadcast that really, really, really back up why we do our film awards and really show you how out of touch the Academy is. Because I don't know what possessed them to do what they, to, to write that. I don't know who wrote that stuff. I don't know why they did that. I don't know why Jack Black was the one that had to deliver that. I don't know what was going through their minds, you know, it's bad enough this year's Oscar was already controversial. It lacked diversity amongst the nominate, nominees. Um, you know, very as far as the nominee slate goes, very, you know, aside from Amer- um, American Sniper was the only movie that obviously was very successful. Imitation Game was as well. Birdman, somewhat successful. But, you know, not saying you have to nominate a blockbuster. We won't go down that path here tonight, but you know, the fact that most people didn't care to watch the Oscars this year, 
to tell you something. And, you know, we've talked about over the years, you know, they, they've, there's been always this case of blockbuster versus small budget movie and the bias and all this other stuff. We've talked about ad nauseum. I don't want to keep talking about it, but we're going to. Next Thursday, a week from this Thursday, we are going to do a special report on what happened at the Oscars, our, the reactions to what happened, why they did it. There's a lot there to mind. We just don't have the time tonight to do it. So if you want the reaction I have to the Oscars and everything that took place, you'll get that on next Thursday, a week from this Thursday's program. We'll do a special report on it. We'll go into it a little bit more in depth because there's a lot that can be said there. And, and, and the thing is, it's going to sound a lot like a lot of the rants that we, myself and Mike and others have had over the years. It's going to sound similar to that, but we have a reason to bring it back up. I was appalled by what they did on Sunday night, appalled. And I like Neil Patrick Harris. I like Jack. I like most of the people involved in that broadcast. I like. I I, I just can't believe that they went ahead and and came right out and basically confirmed to everybody that didn't even wasn't even aware that they have a bias and put down the very movies that most people, you know, run out to the movie theaters to see. And that's not a knock on the small-budget movies, social-issue movies. It's not a knock on it. There's a place for all movies. And we hope that they all get seen. But don't put down any movie. Don't put down any movie. Because all you're doing, it doesn't matter if it's a blockbuster or what. They're the ones that decided to... on, on. the so-called grandest stage of cinema, they decided to take a shot at what is the blockbuster, superhero movies, what is driving the driving force behind the profits in cinema nowadays. They decided to put down on the grandest stage of cinema, and, they, and that's a, a direct way to alienate your audience and say, why do we care about the Oscars and what they have to say? And then what you're doing is you're turning more people against the so-called films. It's not the so-called films. The, your so-called choice of film, which is the smaller budget movies. You're telling them, you're basically telling them, if you don't want to see these movies, then we're going to put down the movies you want to see. You're making them turn away from the movies you want them to see because they're do, now, now you're making them do it out of spite. Brian, Brian, I have a question for you. Yeah. Legitimate question. If a tree falls in the forest okay. and no one is around to hear, does it even make a sound? No. If the well, it does, but who cares? Um, if the Oscars want to insult the big budget movies but they alienate their audience and drive them away so they don't watch and don't hear the insult, does it even matter what the old fogies like? Want or say? No. Because, Brian, did, I mean, don't don't you remember? Don't you remember those ridiculous midnight showing line for boyhood? What about Whiplash? Do you, do, you, do you remember those ridiculous lines? You couldn't even get them all that night. They're like, mm-hmm. hey, we have a midnight drink of Whiplash. Look, 
I'm not saying those movies are bad or good. I don't care if they're bad or good. What I'm saying is, if you are the, if you are an award show, an award show that's supposed to celebrate every single genre of of film, then you need to not go out of your way to degrade the type of movie that is keeping your revenue stream alive. And I had to choose the word alive very, very purposely because these big, big superhero movies, these big book movies, as much as I think that the uh of the Mocking Jay was ridiculous. I can't deny that it didn't it, it it grossed some cash. Superhero movies, book movies, things that drive the people out to the cinema. Cinema would be a dead market if not for that. Be dead. You have rising prices it is expensive to go out to the movies. So people pick and choose their movies uh, very carefully now. Mm-hmm. We used to go, you and me and, and sometimes other people, we used to go to the movies like every week. Can't do that now. Don't have that disposable in- income. You have to pick and choose the films you go see. And I can tell you that I'm not going to spend $20 to go see Boyhood. I'm not. I'm gonna go see I'm gonna go see Guardians of the Galaxy. It's an escape. It's an entertaining escape, which was brilliant from beginning to end. Why do I wanna go see Boyhood? Why do I wanna go see Selma? Now if you wanna see those movies, well good on you. Very good on you. But don't tell me that one genre is better than the other. Other, that's, that's not right. And the Oscars took their shot. They took their shot, and it fell on the deaf ears. Like you got, and the resounding thing was, it wasn't funny. You guys look stupid. And Guardians of the Galaxy should have been nominated. So go f off. That's the resounding kind of impact. And James Gunn had it right, and we'll talk about it next week. And I was all prepared to talk about it tonight, and I'm a little disappointed we don't, or we're not. But uh, we have a lot of ridiculous and Brian rambly things to get through tonight. Oh, hey, I haven't been rambling. I've been moving things along pretty good tonight, I think. I have. But if Brian me... rambles on and nobody is awake to hear it, is that person going to call BS on it? Oh, let me let yes. me just yes, they're gonna call BS on it, Brian. Okay, let me just end by reinforcing what, you, what one one thing you said. It's a choice. Each one of us has a choice. All right, we all have our reasons to make that choice: financial, what we like, what we don't like, etc. Okay, 
if, if you can't make people see things they don't want to see, you can encourage. Okay, we all have our opinions, we all have our criticisms, bias, whatever. You can encourage, though. Alienation is not going to encourage. One thing I've always liked about the Oscar broadcast was over the years, they occasionally would poke, at fun, would poke fun at the idea that they are biased. Remember when Hugh Jackman hosted and mentioned that, you know, there was a line for Iron Man, but not for the reader or whatever. You know, there was always these little mentions, these jokes, saying, hey, we understand that these nominees weren't seen, these films that are nominated weren't seen by that many people compared to the big movies of the year. And you know what? That's okay. You're not alienating any further, although, you're, you know, you're not helping by not nominating some of these movies, which deserve to be nominated. Okay? That's the, you're not helping that. But you are saying to the audience, we're aware of this. Not changing it. But you know what? We're not going to risk alienating you any further by saying, you know what? You should see this, and your films are stupid. They're not outwardly saying it. They did that on Sunday night. They outwardly said it. They confirmed what everybody that, that, you know, on the Internet and looking things up and knows about the film industry, they confirmed what we already suspect. And what we saw year after year in the nominees, and we all said there's a bias, there's a bias, there's a bias. And you see the occasional person fight for the Oscars and say, no, they're not. No, they're not. No. It got confirmed Sunday night. And it got confirmed in, in a fashion that wasn't entertaining. And that was just almost like, you know what, let's just throw it out there. And after all these years, they just decided to put it out there. And I don't know if it's because of the film Birdman, which kind of shines some light on I don't know what it was because of. Because they seem to directly go after superhero movies. Not even just blockbusters, but superhero movies. And all I, all I can say is, until we talk about this next week, is this. Nobody's telling anybody what to see. But when you put down anything on su- in such a public fashion, any hope of encouraging or getting people interested in something that you like or something that you think people should check out goes out the window. You did that on Sunday night. Now you're going to have, especially with younger audiences, a whole slate of people that are going to snub their nose at the movies that you are encouraging them to see, just like you snubbed your nose at the movies they like to see. The very thing that you have used for years, the Oscars to fight against, which was ignoring these smaller budget movies, you have now made it so that a, a, a large array of people are going to do the same thing to the movies that you love. Even more so than maybe they already do. How was that productive? It wasn't. And when your ratings next year, unless you get lucky and nominate a film or two that makes $300 million at the box office, your ratings next year, we'll see how they do. 
keeps skewing older in that in that in those demographics because that's all that's keeping that 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 the show at a decent level at this point. That and the opening monologue. It it was appalling, and we'll talk more about it next Thursday. All right, um, real quick TV picks of the week. Um, you know. <laughs> This wasn't a good week for TV for me. <laughs> I didn't think it was that good of a week of TV. Um, so I'm I'm going to do something that maybe I shouldn't do, <laughs> and uh, and just say this. I'm going to highlight three. I'm going to highlight two shows for like. Okay, I'm going to highlight one show for one scene. I'm going to highlight Gotham for one scene because <laughs> it was the most unbelievable, crazy, graphic, gruesome scene that I've seen on broadcast television. And I don't, if I've ever seen it on broadcast television. Anybody that's watched last night's show, uh, last night's Gotham, knows what I'm talking about. And if you Google it and that, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, I won't spoil it because obviously maybe not everybody's seen it yet, but there is a scene in, I think it's either the second or third to last act that I just could not believe. And it's worth watching the episode for that alone. I, I just couldn't believe it. It's just incredible. It was incredibly crazy, and it kind of, it kind of went to the the kind of craziness that I want Gotham to have. The last the last half of that show was much better than the first. So maybe we'll turn the corner. But that the, the one scene I'm talent, talking about in particular is just crazy and and worth watching the show. Other than that, I got nothing on this week. I didn't think there was anything much good at all this week. Mike, anything to add? Yeah, because your TV viewing skills apparently suck. Um, I mean, yikes! Just just one thing in Gotham. Okay, let me let me bring you to Backstrom this week. Uh, well, last week's episode because this week's episode has, hasn't aired. Backstrom had arguably its best episode, and you gained some. You know, you gain some vision into the Bachelor professional career uh, by solving this this um, teenage abduction. It was incredible. It was well acted. It was well directed. It was well written. All of the characters were used to their finest. Uh, it it kind of made Backstrom. It separated him from the house dynamic a little bit. You could see why he was so desperate because this is a case he failed at at solving years ago, and now he's got a second chance of redemption. But the FBI has to come in uh, and kind of because it was treated as a kidnapping and not a, a missing person. It was a very, very good episode. Probably the best episode of anything on, on television all week. 
easily and probably easily better than Gotham. Was it as gruesome as Gotham? Probably not, but it was certainly better written than Gotham. Mm. So I uh, go watch Backstrom. Uh, let's see, Perception came back this week, and good lord, that was a very complex episode where he served where it's revealed that um, most of Face's character, the doc there, um, he survived uh, the house blowing up. But he's got to solve a murder in the present, and he's got to solve this mystery in his mind. It is actually extremely well done. Uh, Perception is probably one of the best shows on television. And it needs to be watched and recognized more. So Perception is definitely... Eric McCormick, that was the actor's name. Um, Perception is definitely a a show you need to go watch. Mm -hmm. And this is... Well, I mean, it's a continuation of the the season finale. Or the mid-season finale, or whatever the hell it was. Uh, It was good. Gotta watch it. Gotta watch it. Uh, Also, Arrow... First Adventure mm. Flash. I, uh, you I really expect- can't go wrong with any of those three, but you need to go see Backstrom, and you need to shut up about that. There being nothing good on television this week. That one. Okay, okay. I, opinions, okay. Opinions, Mike. I will say this much: I've 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 watched bits and pieces of, of Backstrom, and I actually like what I've seen. So, um. Let me just say this, though, and I hope it's wrong, because everybody's saying that it's certain to be canceled. I really hope that's not the case at this point, because um, I don't think Fox is in a position to get rid of something that actually people seem to like. I think it needs to be given a maybe a better time slot, maybe a better night. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen to the following, which is going to be premiering after Gotham, returning after Gotham next Monday night, because Sweepy Hollow is done for the year. Um, and I haven't gotten to the finale of that yet, but people apparently were very pleased with it. So, um, but I did, but I, I, I think maybe what they could do, cause I know they try to pair something with Gotham that kind of ties, you know, that's kind of like, that can coexist with it. Follow, the following doesn't really completely coexist with it. But I think maybe if they gave Backstrom the Monday night slot after Gotham next year, maybe that would help, maybe a little bit. I don't know. But I think a time slot switch and another night might be more beneficial to the show. Um, at this I, don't even point. Know what, I don't even know what day it's on. I just watch the TV yard. Yeah, that, right. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. I, I've seen a lot of people kind of saying the same thing, that they either forget it's on – or they just have it on their DVR and whatever. But I think I, I just think that's probably something. Cause everything I hear about the show is positive, and if it's not doing particularly well ratings wise, which it's not, that leads me to believe that so many people are liking it. Not that you can't, just so many people can like a show and can cancel. We've seen that time and time again. But I think that judging by the reaction to the show, my feeling is that it might it, it might be an issue of time slot and night of the week. That's just my feeling. But we'll see. Well, I don't know if you're wrong or right. I will say this. Yes, opinions. But your opinion stinks too sometimes. <laughs> um, it does. It stinks. It, it's stinky like that part I just let out. Um, 
Backstrom. See, here's the thing about Backstrom. Backstrom is a show that is was developed and written by Hart Hansen, who is uh, famous for uh, Bones, uh, which is another good show that doesn't get a ton of attention. However, it has lasted over 100 episodes on television. Um, Bones, I don't remember, was a show that got really good ratings its uh, first season. I don't remember Bones doing so great, but as it went along, it kind of built up that fan base. So it was one of those things. Backstrom is a show that probably needs a chance. Because, uh, well, of course, they're like, oh, Backstrom's certain to be canceled. Well, no kidding. Um I don't I don't even know. I don't even know, but Backstrom is a show that you gotta watch before it either gets cancelled or gets paired up with another show. What 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 when does Bones there? Like Sunday? I think it's Thursday, isn't it? I don't know. I have I, I have lost track of Bones, so I don't um That's the weirdest thing. I don't I don't even know when Bones airs. But it's one of the biggest shows on Fox. It's, 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 it's in its last season, though, so um, I'm not entirely sure. But which is weird because Backstrom has been getting better ratings than some of the other shows, like The Mindy Project. The Mindy Project is going to be renewed, and Backstrom gets better ratings than it. It gets slightly worse ratings than Bob's Burgers, and Bob's Burgers got renewed. Bones ratings, on, th- is on Thursdays at eight. Thursdays at eight. Mm-hmm. They should probably pair it up with Bones. Just make it a Hart Hansen hour or block. See, yeah, it's weird. Backstrom airs on Thursdays as well. Oh, it does air on Thursday. Yeah. I don't know. Bones is just... Oh, okay. I didn't even realize. Bones is the lead-in. Oh, okay. Bones is the lead-in. I wasn't aware. That makes sense, though. That makes... It does make sense. Um, So maybe they just need to... Maybe they need a flip-flop. Maybe... I don't, I don't even know. I think Backstrom, right at this point, had a better episode than Bones had. Last one. I kind of like Bones now. Not it's, a bad show. It, it's not a bad show. It's huge in syndication, and my mom, who has been home, has just been watching a ton of it. So sometimes I come in and watch an episode of Bones, and it's not bad. But Backstrom is a great show, and watch it before it's gone even though it gets better ratings than the Mindy Project, which is probably going to be renewed. Hmm. Gotta love love syndication. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the TV picks. Now we got to jump into sports, back into sports, and get to the our college basketball segment for the week here. And just quickly a general overview of the week, because there isn't a lot to talk about this week. 
Texas continued to flounder with loss at Oklahoma. At Oklahoma. Um, Kentucky continued to surge. Carolina Duke had a classic last Wednesday night. If you didn't check this, it was a classic. Tyus Jones took the team on his back in the final few minutes. It was a, a North Carolina gave their best effort of the season. That was probably Duke's best effort of the season. It was just that overtime, and Duke just took control. Um, and still only won by two, even though I feel like they took control. Just a great college basketball game, one of the best of the year, if not the best. A fantastic game, a huge win for Duke, but a really good performance by Carolina, who I actually, while I think they were overrated to start, they are getting better. They are getting better. That's a good thing for them. Um, and it will less rely on Marcus Page, which is a good thing. Um, Louisville's had a terrible week. Uh, terrible week. They lost their top score, which they they had to do, suspending him and, and kick him off the team. They had to do, um, and got and they got a big big win on Saturday, um, but lost to Syracuse last week, which hurts them. Iowa State got a big win over Oklahoma State. Xavier over Cincinnati, which was huge for them. Um, Tulsa got a much needed win over East Carolina, which they needed to get. Even though East Carolina's not really a big it's not nearly as big a win as it they needed. It's still something to get them back on the right side of things here. Um, Gonzaga and Arizona cut rolling. Um, so did SMU. Saturday was a big day as usual. You had a couple of big wins across the board here. Um, Gonzaga knocked off St. Mary's again. Duke held serve against Clemson. Uh, Villanova over, over a big game over Marquette. Marquette, even though they're not that good this year, always gives Villanova a tough time. Arizona over UCLA. Um, can't, uh, Miami with a loss to Louisville, which was big for Louisville, obviously, in light of everything going on. Louisville had a big win Monday night, this past Monday night, too, where they survived against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, very game in that game there. Um, North Carolina rebounded against Georgia Tech, too. Um, Iowa State for a win over Texas, who, again, continued to struggle. Uh, you had uh, – and Miami really needed that win against Louisville. They really did. Miami really needs a big win. Uh, Xavier with a big win over Butler, huge win over Butler. Um, West Virginia got a, a big win over Oklahoma State. So some big wins there. Um on Saturday, across the board. Sunday, not much to, uh, you know, Virginia held up against Florida State. Utah lost to Oregon. Um, big win for Oregon. They needed that in the worst way. Ohio State loses to Michigan. Ohio State's just been hasn't been playing well the last couple of weeks at all. Um, like I said, Louisville survived a scare against Georgia Tech on Monday. Kansas loses to Kansas State. For the second straight year at Kansas State, 70-63, that's a tough loss for Kansas, a tough loss. Keeps things open in the Big 12. And then tonight you have some games of interest here. NC State beating North Carolina 48-43. If NC State wins that game, they're officially in the tournament. I think they're in anyway. They've been one of my sweepers all year. But if they beat North Carolina, they're in officially. There's no way you can keep them out. I know they're only 7-7 seven and seven in the ACC, but they have, better, they have so many good wins. Um, Syracuse is up on Notre Dame, 
this this could take this loss right here. If, if Syracuse is able to hold up against Notre Dame, and this is a, ro- a, ho- a home game for Notre Dame, that could really hurt Notre Dame's chances at a bye in the ACC tournament and getting a one or two seed in the ACC tournament. That could really hurt them. Um, Wisconsin-Maryland's a big game tonight. Maryland up 59. Actually, Maryland beats Wisconsin 59-53, a huge win for Maryland. And that might eliminate, depending on how things play out here and in the Big Ten tournament, eliminate Wisconsin from being a one seed. It might. Uh, Villanova with a, a huge blowout win over Providence, 89-61 tonight. And Texas continued to fall apart. West Virginia beats them 71-64. Texas now 6-9 and in the Big 12 and 17-11. And right now, that would, to me, that would put them on the outside looking in, I think. Um, so that's some of the big games that have taken place over this last week, some of the big highlights from this last week. Mike, do you have anything to add? Why is there so much dead air? Because I threw to you, and you, once again, didn't say anything. As I, once again, didn't say anything. Oh, well, that is my bad. Um, I stepped out of the room for a second. I'm sorry. There's something a bit. Sorry, sometimes life happens, and I apologize for that. I don't actually apologize for it. You can actually kiss my ass. Um... Let's see. You want me to talk about college basketball. Let's see. Syracuse was screwed in their last game. What a bad call that was. Let me tell you what. Um, You mentioned Oregon got a big win. Mm -hmm. That maybe saved them a little bit. Maybe saved them a little bit. Um... See, I like Oregon. I they I I, I always kind of liked them. They got a big win over uh, what number nine Utah. Yep. Uh, how did Utah get to be the ninth ranked team in the country? I mean, they're twenty one and five, but I'm I'm still a little flabbergasted <laughs> at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more than a little surprised that they're the ninth best team in the country. Um, but this, I mean, Oregon finally got their win. They beat Utah. I don't think Utah's been this good since, like, Keith Van Horn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing. I honestly don't think they've been this good since Keith Van Horn was running around. <laughs> You're probably right, actually. <laughs> I mean, wow. Um, look, Utah finally got their – I mean, Oregon, excuse me. Oregon finally got their win. And this is a weak-ass bubble year. I mean, this is an Oregon team that lost to Mississippi. Mississippi? Mississippi <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Mississippi sucks. They play. They're they're in the SEC. They're the third ranked team in the SEC, and everybody knows if unless you're on the top line of the SEC, no, you don't matter. The SEC is trash. I mean, I said this about the Pac-12 for for years. 
that it, it it's the one of the worst majors major leagues period um especially in the NCAA but you lost a you lost a Mississippi I mean come on but they got their big win they beat Arizona State uh they beat UCLA That's not a big thing you lost twice to Arizona you got run out of the building <laughs> at Arizona it's that's positive. You beat Washington. Uh, you beat Utah. You play Cal today or tomorrow. If you really want to be considered a legit contender, you go out and beat Cal at Cal. But right now, the bubble is so weak that this twenty win, the twenty wins. And this one top ten win probably just got Utah, actually Oregon, in the tournament. The bubble's so bad. <laughs> it probably got probably got Oregon in. Yeah. That that sucks. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Louisville's well, Louisville lost to Syracuse and they're still in, so who cares? Um I, I heard Bill Self was Complaining about almost getting run over. Yeah, um, crowd storming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I read that story. Um. Hmm. I mean, I'm not, not going to ramble on too much about this, but that is a bad loss for Kansas. Mm-hmm. That is a bad loss. I mean, this team's just not there yet. They're a year away anyway. That's a bad loss, but uh, for the, for Kansas State, they probably just got them in the NIT. Huzzah! <laughs> Huzzah! Uh, and honestly, I think, and this is my opinion, I think Maryland is probably the best team in the Big Ten. You could, you might not be wrong about that. I know I'm not wrong about it. They they just played Wisconsin. They beat them, not by a whole lot, but they beat Wisconsin, who is who probably up until this point was the juggernaut in the Big Ten. The Big Ten doesn't suck as bad this year. It's still unwatchable, <laughs> but they're they're not the worst conference this year. They've got several kind of competitive teams, and they all kind of like are congested a little bit. They're congested, but this is this is probably that was probably the battle for the Big Ten, um, and Maryland won. Maryland won. Uh, I don't know if they've played previously. That is my close game of order. Syracuse is somehow beating Notre Dame. <laughs> I know. Somehow somehow beating Notre Dame. On the road, too. Hey, hey, look. That might get Syracuse in the tournament. That one hurt to say, actually. You know what? If they, if they somehow pull this off, beating Louisville on Saturday and beating Notre Dame tonight, that probably almost that almost might get them. It would have gotten them in the tournament, if you think about that it. Probably, actually, that probably would have gotten them in the tournament. That's that would have been two really wins. good wins. That's close enough to eight. It's close enough to twenty. That that probably got him in. 
At least to put them in a position for a run in the ACC tournament, like win two games and you're probably in. At the very least. Um, at, the very, at the very least, but yeah, unfortunately yeah. it's not how it played out this year, and it, it's no. terrible. But, hey, they're playing, they're playing spoiler. They're playing spoiler. You have Hopefully to appreciate they... the way they're playing. Uh, I am. I mean, the, I have. You know what the funny part is? Ever since they imposed that ban, I feel like they've been playing better than before the ban. I don't know what it is, but I, I feel like I can watch them play more. I, I feel like I can watch them now and not be like, oh, God, they're. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all I know. All I know is uh, the NCAA in this case looks as bad as, according to Deadspin, and this is according to Deadspin.com, the Marshawn Lynch movie. Now we're tying it back to entertainment. Marshawn Lynch made a movie. Great. About Marshawn Lynch. (laughs) And it stars, and you'll never believe this, it stars Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, hmm. And it's considered the room of sports movies. <laughs> well, that's, the, that's a ringing endorsement. Hey, the room is the best worst movie of all time. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. So yes, that, those are my thoughts about college basketball. I'm not having a ton of thoughts. Kentucky's going to run through the SEC. They're going to be the overall number one. That's nobody's surprise, and they're probably going to lose in the tournament. They've had a few yeah. close calls, but nobody's going to beat them in the SEC because the SEC sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, how, how how many more times can we say that? Yeah. The SEC I, I, I sucks. Think... Kentucky's good. The one thing you're going to see in a moment is, you know, because people are asking me, they're like, you know, you keep the last two weeks you kept saying, oh, we're going to go more in-depth in the bubble watch. Now, can you really do that at this point? Because, you know, when you look at the bubble – Watch like if you look at anybody's bubble watch right now, most of the teams on the bubble watch are actually going to be like. There's teams that are in the top 25 that are listed as on the bubble still. I don't understand how that's even possible. To me, like we and I think we did this last week, and I'll I'll do it quickly again. I think we're down to what I think is a a a, a list of 10 teams that are legitimately on the bubble and legitimately we're comparing against each other. That's it. That's what I think. I think everybody else is either in or they're out. And those are the ten teams we're going to focus on really quickly tonight. And that's what I mean by in-depth. Instead of going through a bunch of teams that either have no chance or are already in, let's focus on the teams that actually there's a legitimate reason to talk about them. Because although, cause that, cause that's what it's about. You know, this isn't like past years where there's a long, laundry list of teams that still have work to do or aren't in or are. You know, there's not. There's, that's not this year. That's how soft the bubble is. This we've been. I feel like we've been saying it's a soft bubble the last couple of years. This, this probably more so than any other year. But before that, really quickly, my tourney ten. Um, I Utah is still an, Utah's an honorable mention for me. And I'm still gonna I'm gonna put NC State as an honorable mention for me. Um, 
no particular order. My number 10 is Gonzaga because, again, they still haven't, with their schedule, they can't really prove much else to me. My number nine is Kansas. I still believe in Kansas, but obviously they're in a, a, a huge rut right now. My number eight is Iowa State, um, who I, I, is starting to come along again, so that's good for them. My number seven is Wisconsin. I, I'm not putting Maryland in, in this yet, but I feel like in a week I might be. But Wisconsin, I still think it's the most elite team in the Big Ten. I still think they're the, the best potential to get to the Final Four. Um, but they you know, obviously lost to Maryland, so I dropped them down to seven. My number six for this week um, is Louisville. Even with losing their top score, I still believe in Louisville. I still think they have the potential to get to a Final Four. I still like Louisville. I think they still got enough depth to make it through. And with, even with their loss to Syracuse, I like the way they kind of rebounded. So Louisville at six. Number five. My number five. If you're ready for it, okay, cool, cool, uh, is Arizona. I like the way they're playing. I dropped them off a little bit, um, but I, I, I think I, I, I'm, think, I'm thinking about moving Arizona in the top three soon, but we'll, I'm, I'm so hesitant. My number four is Villanova. I think no, probably my number four is Virginia. They, they have some injury issues and stuff, but. I'm I'm more and more getting sold on them, even though they're not beating anybody good yet, like they were a couple of weeks ago. I'm I'm more and more getting sold on them. Three is Villanova. Villanova has turned a corner. They've been amazing these last three weeks. Um, then I'm going to put Duke, who has been brilliant. They had that big one over North Carolina. Duke is getting better each and every game. They have turned a corner. And obviously, my number one is Kentucky, for obvious reasons. Before we um, and and you know we talk we've been talking about number as we get now into the bracket bugle and the bubble watch here we've been talking a lot about number one seeds and I've told you this and I think it's pretty straightforward I think it still stands especially in light of what Wisconsin losing to Maryland tonight to me the number one seed discussion I think two are are sewn up already Kentucky is clearly number one overall seed that one seed salted away. Duke, I think, is the second number one seed as far as long as you assume they're going to do what they're going to, what you think they're going to do in the next few weeks. Even if they don't win the ACC tournament, I think they're going to be the second number one seed unless Virginia. Even if Virginia wins the ACC tournament, Duke's got their wins are just too good. So I think they'll be the second number one seed. I think Virginia right now is the third, and I think Villanova's the fourth. Or they can flip five. Villanova's got the better schedule, so Villanova would probably be the third, and Virginia the fourth. Obviously, you have to think Arizona could be in play. Gonzaga can be in play. I think Kansas is out of play now, even if they win the Big 12 tournament. Wisconsin is a is a long shot, but they could still play their way in. But right now, they're on the outside looking into the conversation, I believe. Louisville's obviously out of it. So I think that's who you're left with. Kentucky and Duke are locks. I think Villanova is close to being a lock. And I think Virginia right now is their fourth number one. I don't think – if it comes down to Virginia versus Gonzaga, I'll give it to Virginia because they're in the ACC. And I think Arizona's right there, and Wisconsin has the potential to be in there as well. That's where it stands. I think those are the only teams that I think can can be one number one seed considerations. That's the only ones I can see. Um, 
Now, as for the bubble, as I said, I, I see 10 teams. Let me tell you the ones that are, are locks or I consider in. SMU at AAC is a lock. Temple, I think, is in. And I'm going to talk about Temple, unless they fall out of it. Okay. That reason with Tulsa and Cincinnati. We'll leave those alone for now. At A10, VCU is in. We'll leave the rest alone for now. I don't think Rhode Island has a chance unless they unless they do something in their tournament. So we won't even talk about them tonight. Same thing with uh, same thing with Davidson. At ACC, Virginia, Duke, Carolina, Louisville, Notre Dame, all locked. I think NC State is a lock. I think Pittsburgh is is closing in on being a lock at this point. Um, Big 12. Kansas, Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Oklahoma State are all in. That leaves you with Texas, who I think is out at this point. And we're not going to talk about them. I think they're just out. I don't care about their strength schedule and RPI. I think they're out. Uh, Big East, Villanova, Georgetown, Providence, Butler, Xavier are all in. St. John's, that's who we're left with. And the way the bubble's shaping up, I think St. John's has a good chance, but we'll leave that alone for now. Wisconsin, Maryland, Indiana out of the Big Ten should all be in. I think um, Ohio State is likely in, despite their strength of schedule. They, 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 I mean, they were ranked last week for quite a while. They should be in. I think Michigan State is in. The only teams I think are on the bubble in the Big Ten are Iowa, Illinois, and Purdue. That's it. Mountain West, San Diego State's in. And that leads you to Colorado State and Boise State. And Boise State, I don't think should even be in consideration at this point. Nor should Colorado State. Um, Pac-12, Arizona, and Utah are in. And then that leaves you with Oregon and UCLA um, and Stanford. We'll talk about them in a minute. Kentucky and Arkansas are in out of the SEC. Most people think Ole Miss is in. They more than likely are. Um, that leaves you with a few other teams. We'll leave that alone for now. And we won't talk about the other Athletics contenders because so much of that depends on tournaments. Although, again, Old Dominion and BYU, much like last week, would be the only other con- considerations outside of winning a tournament that you'd see because Gonzaga and Northern Iowa and Wichita State are all going to be in. All right, so let's really quick uh, move through some of these teams that I think are the only teams on the bubble at this particular point. Tulsa and Cincinnati out of the AAC. Here's the problem for Tulsa. Great record, great conference record. The strength of schedule is 121. They haven't beaten anybody. Ever since they got into the meat of their schedule, they've fallen off. That's a problem. They have two weeks, including their tournament, to get a quality win. And they probably need more than one. They need at least two to even justify getting into the NCAA tournament. They're on, they're on thin ice. Cincinnati is in a better position because they do have um, – their strength of schedule is 53, their RPI is 50. They're closing on 10 wins. They're closing on 10 wins in the conference, closing on 20 wins overall. Um, they have a sweep of SMU, a home win over San Diego State, and a top 25 non-conference schedule. To me, Cincinnati should be in at this point unless they flop the rest of the way. So the only team I look at right now is Tulsa. And that conference that I think right now is on the outside looking at it has a lot of work to do. I don't think Tulsa is getting in. I think it's going to be weird to see their record 
unless the rest, unless the team, these other teams on the bubble, some of these borderline teams, especially in the Pac-12, fall off completely, as in completely, like just bottom out the next two weeks. I don't see how Tulsa makes it despite their record, because they don't have, they 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 just don't have anything. Mike, do you have anything to add? You know, Tulsa might be that team. Everyone's like, why didn't they get in? Why weren't they in? Tulsa should be in. And you know what? They might have a point. On a weak bubble year, Mm. everything's up for grabs. Everything. Quite literally. No spot is safe except for, like, Kentucky's and Syracuse's. That one also hurts to say. I'm I'm going to say it anyway, but that that one was a kick in the kick in the Jeff Tex. Hmm. Um, Tulsa's in what the American AAC? Yeah. Yes, uh, it's weird. I have to go all the way up. But here's the thing: their strength of schedule is 121. Their RPI is 42. I hate talking about the numbers. They are 12 and two in their conference. 19 and seven. So, Tulsa, you know what? They probably should be it. In all likelihood, they probably should be it. Uh, I'm looking at the words I test on my bubble watch screen, and I'm about to lose my mind because it's February. I don't want to hear about the damn I test. I don't want to hear about it in March. The eye test is so subjective, it hurts. It it sucks. (laughs) The eye test doesn't count. Tulsa, I figure, look, you're going to say, oh, Temple doesn't get in, so Tulsa doesn't. No. Tulsa is 12 and 2 in the American. Temple is 8, 10, and 5. That that that's ridiculous. So I'm going to say Tulsa's probably in. I mean, their strength of schedule's ass, but their RPI is yeah. good. If they get to 20 wins, they're 20 and seven. That's probably 13 and two in conference. Right. So it's hard to turn uh, it down. It you can't turn it down. So if Tulsa doesn't get in, they're going to be like they're going to be the team that everyone's complaining about. Like, what more do you want this team to do? Oh, we wanted this team to bend over backwards and then uh, walk on the court that way and then kind of do a giant flip and then uh, dunk the ball that way, which is probably impossible. Which is what I mean. Right. Here's not right. It's not here, right. Here's the thing. Oh, given the way the, oh, oh. the bubble. Let me is, give you a Brian quick score update. Notre Dame fell. Yep. Syracuse just got another top fifteen win. <laughs> 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 oh, soft bubble this year. Syracuse would have just got in the tournament. <laughs> there's that, there's oh, that quality. I'm there's la- that quality win, Mike. 
What? What's up? There's that there's that quality road when we needed. Oh, that this hurts so much I wanna cry. I do. They're seventeen and ten. I don't even think they're gonna get the twenty wins. So Bayheim three and 10 now. Well oh yeah, that's right, they are eighteen. I don't know if they're gonna get the twenty wins. That's the problem. If they get the twenty wins and they get ten conference wins and they have like three ranked wins, I'm gonna be like really upset. <laughs> It, that, that would that would be utterly depressing. I mean, here they they will probably get 19. I can see them beating NC State. But, but what what else do they have? Duke, Virginia, North, NC State. They could beat Virginia. They could beat Virginia. They should. They they to be fair, this should have been the 20th win. No. They they were screwed at Pitt. They were screwed versus Pitt. But if they beat Virginia or Duke or NC State and get the 20 win, that is a kick in the nut. Yeah. And that reflects poorly on the NCAA. And look, to be fair, the NCAA looked terrible. And it's ten oh six. I don't want to talk too much longer, but they look terrible in the Connecticut thing. They looked absolutely terrible with the Connecticut punishment. They look terrible with the Syracuse punishment, and they look even worse because they haven't punished North Carolina. I mean, come on. Come on, you've got 20 years worth of evidence and you're not touching the Tar Heels? Are you kidding oh, me? Oh. Syracuse self-reported and followed directions. Connecticut self-reported and followed directions, and they still got suspensions. Carolina did not self-report. They covered up. They've got 20 years worth of stuff there that they can look at and be suspended for for the next, like, decade. And they're not touched. And then they restored all of Joe Paterno's wins. What the hell is the NCAA doing? Brian, this is a question. This is a question. Are are you seriously trying to figure out what they're trying to do? Maybe it's, it's the potential is that they don't even know what they're trying to do. <laughs> it, well, it, well, it, 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 at the very least, you took away all the guys' wins, Paterno's wins. Why would you restore them? No. You have <sighs> 20 years of academic fraud by the University of North Carolina, at least. And you do nothing? Uh, I I do not understand. And all I've heard about it is that they claim that the NCAA can only handle one major issue at once. So as soon as they're finished with Syracuse, which they should be, but they never published a report saying that, that what what's going on, which has been, well, they've been saying they've got to publish this report since November. Um, until they finish up with Syracuse, they can't focus on North Carolina, apparently. That's the the thing. 
You know what? Here's the thing. The Syracuse issue is done. It is effectively done. Take away one scholarship, you find the university, and you walk away. Say you guys probably shouldn't even shouldn't have even done the postseason ban. Followed our directions. You worked with us. Self-reported. You shouldn't have done the ban. Which is what probably what should have happened with with uh, Connecticut. You self-reported. You followed our directions. You shouldn't even have the ban. We're sorry. Not that it matters for Connecticut, nor will doesn't matter for Syracuse this year. It's a you can't you can't fix that problem, right? <clears throat> but I mean, you just made it worse, right? Right. Well, that's what the NCAA does. They're like FIFA. But getting yeah, getting back on point here. <laughs> um, like this, this is not you know. As of right now, because they can probably still justify the bubble for a number of these teams. I don't think Tulsa goes. In two weeks, if they're sitting there with over 20 wins and with the conference record close to what they have right now, I think they'll get in um, based on that because I think a lot of these bubble teams are going to fall apart. And that's kind of the case for a lot of these teams. Um, just to speed this up, because we do lose time here, um, I'm going to do this, well, we're going to move through this a little quicker here, but I think Cincinnati right now is the better team to get in. Um, A-10, to me, there's only one, Rhode Island and Davidson, I I find very hard right now to put in. You know, Davidson, it's the same thing with Tulsa, with Davidson. It really is. Uh, they're, you know, they're in conferences that aren't good. Dayton, to me, has the best chance um, right now to get in. But even they are a long shot at this point, I think. But I think that they're going to want to take two from the A-10. Dayton's schedule, their resume is a little stronger. Their RPI is better than the other two. So I think Dayton becomes that team by default. Um at this particular juncture. Uh, Mike, do you disagree? If I heard you, I probably would have disagreed with you just because. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, the, the, The discussion of more circumstance, I feel, if you go to the ACC... Um, and I already mentioned, I you know, everybody's got Pittsburgh, NC State, and Miami as the three bubble teams there. I think Pittsburgh is in right now unless they do something. Even with the, unless they do something catastrophic, I think NC State is in right now unless they do something catastrophic. Miami's the team that everybody thought a month ago was a, 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 a lock, and now they're not. All right, their strength of schedule is 69, RPI 66, 17 and 10, 7 and 7 overall. They have a, that win over Duke is the key. That win over Duke is the key. They they did that at Duke. To me, that right now keeps them in. I know people think they're on the outside looking. They are in right now with that.
you know, but that loss against Louisville was a huge loss. You know, they didn't have Chris Jones. That was a prime opportunity for Miami to, in my opinion, in my mind, probably salt it away. Because that would have been 18 and 10. You figure they probably would have gotten two wins somewhere, and they would have had 20 wins. Now, I'm a little skeptical of Miami. I'm a little worried about Miami because they have not played well in the last month. Um, right now, I think they, as given the bubble right now, I think they will end up getting in, especially over some of these eight ten teams, especially with the Duke win. But they they are on thin ice. Mike, anything to add? So why is Tulsa not in again? <laughs> if we're talking, if we're talking about the finer points of Miami with the team that's fallen off considerably, the Tulsa beat what? Duke at Duke. Oh, the Tulsa beat Duke at Duke. Virginia beat Duke. So what? Tulsa hasn't better played conference. Duke. Oh, I'm sorry. Tulsa hasn't. I don't care. It's better conference or not. Twenty wins could probably get you in. Soft <laughs> bubble soft bubble. That Duke one looked mighty good for Miami when it comes time for the NIT. Smile. <laughs> Let's jump to the Big 12 where this one's going to be quick because the only teams that anybody that thinks West Virginia and Oklahoma State on the bubble is ridiculous. They're both ranked. They're out, there's no bubble there. Texas is the only team on the bubble in the Big 12. First of all, it's regarded as the best conference and it probably is this year. Um, Texas is 6-9 in conference now. They're 17-11. I don't care what their strength of schedule and RPI is. Texas hasn't done a damn thing in two months. They've been horrible in the Big 12. They've been horrible. Texas is not in this tournament. Texas, in my opinion, is on the, uh, uh, the, op- the, the negative side of the bubble. They have, to me, starting now, they can't lose a game to get into the NCAA tournament. They have to run the table because you can't, you, you can't buy into them. They have, you know, no matter what statistic you look at, aside from their strength of schedule, nothing looks good right now. Their last 10 is atrocious. They are terrible right now. So Texas, out. Mike, somehow I don't think you'll disagree with that. Texas still sucks. But... But Texas was a lock two months ago. But I'm sorry, did I just use your argument against you? I think I did. But they were such a lock. Texas is such a great team. You see, they had some great wins, you know. Did, 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 did Texas beat so-and-so? Did, did, did Tulsa beat them? Tulsa's more of a lock than Texas is. Texas sucks. On to the Big East we go, (laughs) and um, like I said, there's only one team in this in the conference I view is on the bubble, and that's St. John's. Nineteen and nine, they're eight and seven in the conference, and RPI looks good at thirty-four strength schedule with thirty-seven. I think St. John's going to end up in. Um, You're going to get to twenty wins. They're probably going to get to ten conference wins. The RPI and strength of schedule looks good. you know, really, I think if they beat the teams they should beat down the stretch here, I think they're going to be okay. 
I think St. John's has done enough. Uh, it's been a very up-and-down season, but they've clawed through it. I think St. John's have done enough at this point to make the tournament. Mike, anything to add? Uh, they're all in. I think that one's an easy one, actually. The Big yeah, Ten. Yeah, the Big Ten. Um, I like I said earlier. I think there's this um, three teams: Iowa, Illinois, and Purdue. Right now, I think Purdue's on the outside looking in, despite the fact they got ten conference wins and they're approaching twenty um, wins overall. Um, Illinois, seventeen and ten. I think they're even further out of this, despite their SOS and RPI than Purdue. I think Purdue, because they're closing in on 20 wins and already has 10 wins in conference, despite the fact they might not have, you know, maybe the the so-called eye test in their corner, which is usually used as an argument for Purdue, and the fact that maybe they have maybe one less quality win, I think the fact that they're closer to 20 wins and 10 wins conference already accomplished is putting them in front of them. Iowa is the case that nobody can figure out. Iowa is the case that nobody can figure out at all. Um, 17 and 10, 8 and 6 in the conference, great strength of schedule. That's helping them. That's what puts them in front of everybody else. RPI at 55. Iowa, to me, see, what's going to happen is how do you weigh this? Big 10, SEC, or Pac-12? Those three are going to be weighed against each other at this point. I think you rank it Big Ten, Pac-12, SEC. And if you do it that way, then these three Big Ten teams all probably end up going. If you don't do it that way, then you probably see – and you say maybe it's Pac-12, Big Ten, SEC, then I think two get in. If it's Big Ten last, which I, I can't imagine that being the case, one get in. And that would probably be Iowa. Unless they continue to fold down the stretch. I think that's the way it ends up playing – and these three Big Ten teams have better profiles than a lot of the Pac-12 teams and all the SEC teams. Mike, anything to add? The SEC sucks. They're a one-bid league at best. Um, Iowa's probably in. Uh, Purdue is probably not, because I see the words eye test, and eye test means it's a crock of crap. <laughs> Illinois is Illinois is weird. Illinois is weird. Illinois is the only team I feel like is really on the bubble. I'm pretty sure if Iowa beats Northwestern and avenges that loss, they're probably in. Illinois is a giant. Just eh, don't know. But I, I, I just covered the SEC. They're a crock of crap. One big league at best. Go ahead. Illinois is the epitome of a bubble team. Every game, it cha- their status changes. Yeah, Illinois yes, is a are. bubble team. They are, they are the very definition. The bubble bounces with the Illini. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna speed this up for us very quickly because the Mountain West there's nothing to cover. To me, Colorado State and Boise State have not played their way on the bubble right now. Nope. And the only team out, out of that conference that's in is San Diego State, but somebody you know wins the conference turn. Mike, you already made your opinion known about the SEC, so I'll just make this quick. Um, somehow Ole Miss is going to be in. I think Georgetown is going to uh, Georgetown. Pardon me, I'm so sorry. 
Um, Georgia is going to be in. Um, I think Georgia has more reason to be in than Ole Miss, to be honest. The teams that are, are the, the teams to look at, LSU and Texas A&M, a month ago, uh, two weeks ago, probably not even a month ago, two weeks ago people were talking about LSU. They're in the weaker side of the SEC. Why anybody thinks LSU at, should be in this tournament or even on the bubble at this point is beyond me. LSU is, is probably next four out status right now, okay? Um, but here's the problem. They're approaching 20 wins, as is A&M, who is another bubble team. A&M has 10 conference wins. Good RPI, strength of schedule is 87. LSU, 19-8, 8-6, RPI 51, strength of schedule 97. Those two teams are going to be tossed in with Tulsa because they're all falling into that same thing of you're near 20 wins and blah, blah, blah. That's what's going to be so hard about this bubble. And those are th- among those three, those three in particular, among the 10 teams I'm, I'm kind of focusing in on, are the ones that are going to be the most controversial. Because you're going to look at their records and go, wow, they got great records. Wow, they got 10 conference wins. Wow, wow. And then you're going to look deeper and you're going to say their conferences are crap. And that's why they are where they are. But you can't justify in a lot of ways keeping them out because when you get the 20 wins and 10 conference wins, it looks bad. And you're regarding these conferences as power conferences, even if they played softer teams for whatever reason, you, you're you're working against your own logic, so it, it, this this it's going to be very interesting to see how these some of these teams play out, particularly teams like LSU, A and M, Tulsa, who are going to be at 20 wins, 10 conference wins, et cetera, et cetera, and you're going to look at them and go, wow, really, they haven't done anything to deserve being in this tournament. But you're going to have to probably put them in because of that, because of the fact that their records is that good. All right, so. Last thing we got to get to is the Pac-12. Um, Oregon, I think, at this point is probably in, just based on the Utah win. UCLA, I think, is probably in. Good strength of schedule, good RPI. That leaves us with Stanford. A lot of people have been talking about Stanford. They're one of those ten teams I think everybody's focused in on right now that people think right now may be on the wrong side of the bubble. RPI's borderline at 52, strength of schedule at 79. They're 17-9, and 8-6. and six. I don't know how to regard Stanford. I don't know. You know, you know they um, they went to Texas. They beat Texas in December, but problem is now Texas has fallen completely off the map. That's pretty much their best not win. It's their best non-conference win. With Texas folding, that's hurting them. Now, if Texas somehow plays their way back into the things, then I think that helps Stanford. Right now, I think Stanford's not in. I don't think Stanford deserves to be in. But I think unlike some teams, like particularly some of these A-10 teams like Rhode Island, they have a better chance to play their way in because of the fact they have a better conference, because of the fact they have better opportunities, and I think they're closer. We'll see what happens. But Stanford has a lot of work to do. Everybody else, I think, at this point, out of the Pac-12 is probably in at this stage. Mike, anything left to add? The Pac-12 sucks, and I hate talking about it. <laughs> Stanford, yes, however, said. well, just real quick, let me pair it on Stanford. Their best win is Texas, and Texas sucks. Now, they're, they got that win when Texas was considered the ninth-ranked team in the country, which means the committee will weigh that pretty favorably towards them. It's just that Texas sucks. 
So Stanford is probably in, too. That's the worst right. part. They're probably going to get in. The way, but but they they need to do themselves some favors by beating somebody else. I don't know. Utah seems to be a team to beat now. They're they they were the top in the top fifteen. Still are yeah. actually. They were top ten. If you want to really impress people, Arizona's sitting there. Why not take them out? Right. Sanford's got some work to do, but they'll probably end at the end of the day. Like I said earlier, um, as far as anybody else outside of the power conferences, we know Gonzaga's in. We know Northern Iowa, which is Tuskegee, are in. Um, obviously, in smaller tournaments, you'll see teams win their bids and stuff. Um, you know, Old Dominion and BYU are two teams to watch, but again, they gotta do some things to get in. Unless they win their tournaments, and you know, obviously, they could. Um, that they'd be automatically in. So we won't chronicle any of those. Um, we kind of rushed through it, but we did that because of time. Here's what's going to be the deal next week. Now, finally, next week, we get to do two. We have two shows. We only have a special show on Thursday, so we can break things up and not do entertainment on Tuesday. That means we'll have more time. That means next Tuesday, I think we're going to do a, a you know, next Tuesday, it's March. Next week's the last week of the regular season. Um, you know what that means. So we, that means we got two more weeks of bubble watch, and I think by next week there's going to be some. We're gonna that that list of ten teams will be firmed up, um, or dropped off a little bit, maybe down to eight. I think two teams might be about to fall off, and we're gonna get we're gonna probably have some interesting debates. We already had a kind of a Tulsa debate tonight, so I think we'll have some interesting debates next week, and we'll. Next Tuesday's show will probably do a lot with college basketball, so you'll get a, a lot more. We'll, we'll actually go into the schedules next week and go, okay, this team did this, this team did that. We'll do that next week. Um, but I think we did, with the time we had, I think we did a pretty good job. Um, we, had, we did a little more detail, so that's good. And next week we get down to the nitty-gritty because that's, like I said, two weeks left of watching the bubble. So. Um, we'll see how, what happens in college basketball this week. We're not, again, we're in the final two weeks of the regular season, so it. it I mean, it's it's we're for, we're really into the stretch run here. So, see what some of these teams do. And the picture though looks pretty clear. The bubble is soft, <laughs> and a, a lot. Mo- the majority of teams have already punched their tickets. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of suspense aside from maybe ten teams. I think, and the one seeds are starting to really confirm themselves too so alright so we've gotten through everything we need to get through uh, with everything being said we are done for tonight as always our show might be over but you can continue to interact and contribute and, uh, with us uh, you can continue to do that by email Facebook and Twitter you can email us at itspotlightbg at gmail.com again it's itspotlightbg at gmail.com it's my email as well as the shows Feel free to send us feedback, show suggestions, breaking news items or topic ideas related to sports entertainment and wrestling we want to make sure we cover um, film awards submissions, any of those things you can do via email. Um, and, and please again put in the subject line of your email what your email is about, so that we have some idea helps us organizing things. To find us on Twitter, you can find us under the Twitter ha- uh, Twitter handle at itspotlightbg. Again, it's at itspotlightbg. 
And please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag IT Spotlight. Again, it's hashtag IT Spotlight for anything you tweet regarding our show. That's my Twitter, ha- my Twitter handle as well as the show's. And then find us on our fan page on Facebook. Search for us using our full show title in the spot for Brian Garden. And once you find our page, like our page, and go ahead and post whatever you'd like to post. Facebook, Twitter, or email. Again, you can send us feedback, suggestions, topic ideas, any of those things. Um, if you post or send, wherever you post or send to us, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or email, me, myself, or Jeff Tech, we'll see. I can assure you, don't be alone. We don't reply back or mention or acknowledge or use what you sent in on the show. We just can't possibly do that for everybody or respond to everybody, so just be aware of that. If you post or send it, we have seen it. We encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest show information, especially as it relates to scheduling. Otherwise, the next best way to get information about our show is on our main show page here on TalkShoe.com. Just search for us using our full show title in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our show page here on TalkShoe, you'll have access to all the episodes since our move to TalkShoe, which are all available in the episode archive at the bottom of the page in order for most recent to the oldest. So if you miss an episode or want to find out if you missed an episode or check out an episode again, et cetera, you can find all those episodes in the archive in order for most recent to the oldest. The way with dates, times, numbers, and descriptions for your convenience Episode descriptions available on the entire show page by act, clicking the little I next to each episode on the page. That will help you. That will once you click on the I, you'll get a full description for that particular episode, including in the most recent episode box, which you can find in the top right hand corner. Just click on the play icon that box, and the most recent episode will begin to play for you. And the description, if you click on the little I next to that, will give you a description of that particular episode. So, lots of information there to help guide you. And keep in mind also that any time I schedule a show, which is no earlier than a half hour before showtime, um, a countdown clock appears in the top right-hand corner of the most recent episode box, counting down to our next show. And then an upcoming episode listing appears above the episode archive at the bottom of the page. That listing will give you all the information about our next episode, date, time, number, and again, you get a little episode description if you click on the I next to the listing. So what you want to do is check out our show page regularly, daily, but especially on Tuesdays and Thursday nights on normal show times, just keep hitting refresh um, on those particular days and at those particular times, and you'll have access to the information as soon as it gets posted, and you'll know we're definitely having a show. So feel free to utilize our talk show page to help you out. You can also check us out on our second home, LibsIn.com. Again, that's LibsIn.com. Just search for us using our full show title in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our show page over there, scroll down, you'll find all of, the, of our most recent episodes, most of the episodes from the last year are on there. In order for most recent, you always be able to dates, times, numbers, and descriptions for your convenience. Find the episode you want, click on it, and it will play for you. So feel free to check us out over there on LibsIn.com. Again, it's LibsIn.com. Also feel free to check us out on our old home, BlogTalkRadio.com. Again, it's BlogTalkRadio.com. Just search for us using our full title in the spotlight of Brian Gardner. And then once you find our old show page over there, scroll down, and you'll find all 31 of our original Blog Talk Radio episodes in order from the most recent date to the old label with dates, times, numbers, and descriptions for your convenience. So if you're interested in checking out those episodes for the first time, or maybe you've already listened to them and just feel nostalgic and want to check them out again, whatever the case, feel free to go check them out over there on blogtalkradio.com. That's blogtalkradio.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Mike. Search for us on iTunes. Search for In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. Download, subscribe, and continue to support us on iTunes, please. And also buy the new Magic Dragon film. It's awesome. I've heard a little bit, but it is awesome. Um, I want to thank Jeff Tech for being here tonight. Thank you, Jeff Tech. Congratulations again on the marriage and the babies. I want to thank Mike for being here tonight. Thank you, Mike. 
It is now time for bed. Mm-hmm. And Tulsa's that. I want to thank myself and our great show, pat myself on the back, and thank all of you for continued support and contributions to the show. Thank you so much for listening. We are done for tonight, thankfully, because my voice is given out. Um, that's why I rushed, <laughs> in addition to the time. Um, our next show is a huge show. You know what it is, the 5th Annual in the Spotlight Film Awards, broadcasting live here on TalkShoe this Thursday at 8 o'clock from Eastern Time. Remember, we'll start off by announcing the nominees for the Live Vote Awards, which you can vote on live throughout the broadcast. We'll announce the winners of those before the biggest award tonight, Best Picture. Uh, obviously, you know, we'll announce the winners of the film awards throughout the night. We'll give you an instant reaction, talk about the winners, and so on and so forth. All that taking place this Thursday, one of our biggest shows of the year, if not the biggest, this Thursday, broadcasting live here on Talk Show at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you tune in for that. Be a huge, huge show. Can't miss it. That is our next show. Until then, I hope you have a great night and a great Wednesday and a great Thursday. We'll see you back here for the big show. Fifth Daniel in the Spotlight Film Awards coming at you this Thursday night here on Talk Show, broadcasting live at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Have a good night, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.